ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Kevin Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rocking about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact. We are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. Uh, today, I'd like to uh, welcome returning guests. It's been almost exactly a year since I had this gentleman on. I, I realized that today. So I don't. we didn't plan it that way, or did we? Maybe we did. All right, so whether it's your first time or if you're a long-time listener, Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal is a long-running podcast about music and musicians. I am your host, Kona Neutron, a lifelong rock and roll musician. This is episode 270. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you'd like to support the show or get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash protonicreversal. If you like the show, or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All of that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. Uh, you know him. The world knows him as the incredible... Uh, one quarter of Sloan, also tons, uh, Trans Canada Highwaymen, Murder Records, none of which we talked about last time. Hopefully we'll talk about it this time. Mr. Chris Murphy, welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? I don't want to start out so unprofessionally. You can hear me fine? Oh, yeah. You sound great, and I always start out unprofessionally, so it works out fine. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you for having me. I should start by saying uh, happy birthday to my uh, my life partner, Jay Ferguson. It's uh, my buddy Jay Ferguson's Yay! birthday today, so I'm sending a shout-out to him. And, you know, I don't know how many people that you're saying, like, the world knows me as like, I, I beg to differ. But anyway, if you do, if, if for whatever reason you have heard of me, yes, I, I play in the in the groups you were, you were of which you spoke. Uh, thank you for having me on. A year later, I'm like, am I going to tell all this? Should I really try to go for broke and try to say the exact same stories as last year and make it like a mirror? <laughs> or should I really say I probably told that story because that's my A, a material. I have to sort of dig into my B and C material. So congratulations, everyone. It, it's like, a, a, you know, when comedians would do Carson or whatever, right? And, and then they, yes. they would find ways of just working their act into it, like with a prompt. Oh, so I heard you uh, rode the bus here. Oh, yeah. Well, think about buses, you know, so on and so on. Like I, uh, <laughs> I, have, a, I have so much. Yeah. When I first got a VCR, I would 
basically always just try to tape comedy, whether it was like on Carson sure. or whatever. So like, and you know, I know that, you know, Jay Leno doesn't even make the top 100 comedians list anymore, even though like I thought he was the greatest. Whenever Leno was on Letterman, it was just like an explosion of like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is the funniest thing of all time. But uh, yeah, I can, I have, uh, if you, if we need to vamp, I know complete <laughs> routines of Leno on Carson. Just in case. Chris Murphy if it does Leno that. on Carson. On should I start trial. with that? Or <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. Like, we can't with a buildup like that. How can we not? No. <laughs> you know, I like Lauren Green. How long has he been doing these Alpo commercials? Eh? And he's always up there, you know, this dog is seven and that's a million of our years. Yeah, right here, Lauren, the, the dog was born seven years ago. The dog was seven, case closed. I mean, the, the earth does move faster for dogs. Anyway. They did this history of late night uh, special here and I, I sort of was like oh yeah I'll I'll, ch- I'll check into this and like see what's what's up and then I watched the whole damn thing and I was sort of like even though yeah yeah I know all about it you know I get it but it was actually pretty well done and it's it is an interesting evolution and here's where I do the professional pivot it reminded me to a certain degree of music because you know back in the days of yore it was Carson Carson was Carson right yep and now sure. it's like okay you got you got a you know Fallon, you got Kimmel, you got uh, you know Colbert's uh, got a show. Like it's there's all these smaller shows that have these more kind of niche audiences, and it kind of just reminds me to a certain degree of how things are a little more uh, not niche oriented necessarily, but this it's harder to have that universal universality, that universal experience of everyone listening to the same band. You know, everyone sure. hearing a Teen Spirit or something along those lines and being like, I remember where I was. I remember thinking in the 80s, now I was more interested, uh, you know, by the time it was the 80s, you know, I was trying to think of myself as alternative and then punk or whatever. But I remember thinking, oh, all the best groups were in the 60s and 70s. Right. Uh, or, you know, you don't see big groups anymore. And of course, now I look back at the 80s as like, there are all these like behemoth huge groups. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not the same. And 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 music, as you know, you know, I, I'm playing and you're playing like rock music. We are at this point, preservationists. Like we're basically <laughs> living, breathing Madame Tussauds. <laughs> like this, we're, if, we're the we're playing jazz basically, except yeah. for the chops. We're chopsless jazz, <laughs> and we're just like pl- the play, playing the music of old. Like they teach it in school. Like they like you can be in rock band in school. It just means yeah. if you can be if you can take a rock band class in high school, it means. It's probably not that cool. Yeah, if, if there's a syllabus on it, it's probably not rebellious. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and that's you know that's that that's fine. the chops thing, especially that's a good derivation on that bit. That's it. make sure you use that when you're on Fallon. Uh, the... <laughs> we played. I just want to say, like in the late night world. So we never, as you know or suspect, like Sloan never had any kind of mainstream media in the U.S. Whereas up here, we would be on the Mike Bullard show, which everyone's talking about in the states. But uh, I joke, of course. But uh, we were we were on uh, another Conan's show. We were on. Uh, I think there was a cancellation, so we got to be on Conan O'Brien's show. You know, December twenty third or some date where they couldn't get anyone to go. Uh, 1999. So, uh, it, you know, somebody canceled. Anyway, it, that's a big feather in our cap. And, and I do love, uh, I love both Conans. Uh, I know you better. I know you better. So uh, he's much taller but, uh, than I am. I was, I was very, th- I was very thrilled to be, be on that show. Anyway, that was a kind of one and only late night anything. But uh, what was it? Was I that- saw Jimmy Kimmel making out with Sarah Silverman <laughs> in a bar in 2003. So oh, fantastic. <laughs> and I feel like I was. Part of that too. 
If you felt like you're really part of something special there. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, there was a place in L.A. called M Bar where all the kind of like, I, hip comedians I have, went. I have played M Bar. Oh, yeah, have you I really? know it yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. This is in 2003, and we were making a record in L.A. Like, you know, big shot assholes do, and uh, and so, but we were we, whatever. I would I haven't been interested in music for a long time, except for my own. But um, so, but I am I'm always interested in comedy, like. Think about comedy. I love the history of comedy, and and if there's new comedy, I'm into it. And I just don't feel that way about music, sadly. Uh, you know, my my brain and my heart is just full, and I can still you know lift a house if I hear the bad brains. Sure, but I yeah. don't. I'm not listening to new hardcore or whatever. Turnstile is apparently the new the new hotness, and I'm like, great. I will eventually listen to that. I'm sure. <laughs> you probably will, and I probably won't. But my, I sometimes hear some stuff from my kids, but like they're not into hardcore and stuff like that. But my older kid is into like gorillas or whatever. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing that. So was for the when, first for the first time when <laughs> Sloan was on uh, the other Conan's show. Was, was yeah. that was that a cool experience? Did they did they did they shoot you well? Was it a nice time? Was it weird? Was it, it was super cool, and it seemed to be a little chilly on the set. I, I feel, but maybe it was always like that or just like whatever. He just had to sort of preserve his energy all day. We we sat in a green room and watched them rehearse on a sort of uh, closed circuit feed. Mm-hmm. So we watched them rehearse for hours and they really took it seriously. And, you know, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait a beat and then going to do this. And so, and I actually, I videotaped the TV. So I have about probably an hour and a half of the, of his, of him rehearsing because I, I, I was so excited to be there. Yeah. And, uh, so if he wants to access to that, you know, he doesn't, I won't charge him. Exactly. Get the, get the, get the exclusive. You can get it for the, uh, yeah. for the insider. He might want that. That yeah. was Why not? NBC, I guess. Uh, so you, did you get to see like the bits get gradually more well rehearsed and, and, and better? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and some cut like, it's like, you know what, this isn't working. Get it out. I think it even had li- literally had a monkey on the, like oh, wow. the, the, they were doing a bit with a monkey. And then finally they were just like, yeah, screw it. We're not having this monkey on this is ridiculous. And, uh, and we played, uh, so a song from, we played a song called losing California. So it was like from our, our that fifth one. album. And, uh, you know, if, if you remember from a year back, uh, to, just for some continuity, uh, Between the Bridges marks the beginning of our commercial decline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we did we did get to be on Conan, so it was fun. Uh, have you? So what would you say? Because uh, there's it's a it's a rare echelon of guests that have had this experience, so I, I do find it interesting. What what do you what's it like? as a band, like uh, doing a TV performance um, on like a late night show? Like, is, does it feel more antiseptic somehow? Does it feel more like being in the studio? Is it a melange of the two? I mean, you don't have like Paul Schaefer playing along with you. I get it, but like. Right, and, and that uh, maybe not everyone knows, like you had to play with Paul Schaefer at yeah, first. Yeah, that was, that was like, part of it. Go on, like I think even, I think Sonic Youth played with, did they play with it? Or no, they, they, were, on, uh, they were on night music and they played with Richard right. Sanborn. Uh, but Pixies, Pixies played with Paul Schaefer. Oh, did they really? They did, and I but, had that video. But, but I bet they don't mind. I bet they're happy that they played with Paul Schaefer. Sure. Like Paul Schaefer's Paul Schaefer's hilarious. Like he's fun. He's and he's obviously a great musician. You know, maybe not that cool. Or like, you know what I mean? Like this. Maybe you know you're the Pixies. You're trying to be cool. And <laughs> right. Paul Schaefer. Here comes whatever. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> with, goofball, but 
with, but, with, uh, with a big running the keyboard department energy. Uh, but uh, yes, great player. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, I don't know, like we didn't have that much experience on it. We were, we were just happy to be there. Like, I think actually I was pretty sick when we did it. So I think I was mostly just lying down to, you know, I, I'm saying I remember it as low energy probably because I was lying down the entire time. But uh, we were just, you know, anytime we were like in New York or like feeling like, you know, it just felt like our lives were moving forward or something in a way that was happening kind of less and less at that point for us. And I may have also described, I won't, this is the last time I'll refer to the last time I was on this show, but you don't have I, to be uh, that referential. I, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I just mean, whatever. I don't think people are going to be cross referencing this show, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it came at a time that came at a time when I was like re, uh, re ch changing my attitude from being, why aren't we bigger than we are to, well, you know, a lot of our friend, a lot, a lot of our friends' bands are all falling the wayside. Like we're happy to still be doing it. So like I sort of had corrected my, my, uh, bad attitude. Making yeah. the journey, the destination a little more than maybe used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I thought we were, I, I really thought we were one of the greats. I couldn't, I, I th thought that we would be more known than we were. And even, you know, so, and we also have, you know, two careers. So in Canada, we were on the radio and on TV and stuff like that. And, and in the States, we never really, um, you know, I can count the times. I think we were played on 120 minutes, two times. Yeah. And uh, I think we were introdu interview introduced by Henry Rollins, who said nice things about us. Um, you know, like, like, I really like these guys, whatever. Like, I think he's like a uh, music fan guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. he's a huge music fan. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know what my point is I'm doing. Anyway, it was fun to be on Conan and fun now to look back and think that we were a part of that kind of the old world. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a, in, in the old days, even though like my guy was, you know, yes, I saw Carson and I met Conan O'Brien, but but Letterman was the guy. Letterman, when I was in yeah high school like uh, i like i don't even i should have researched this like how old are you you're like I'm, are you i'm turning 44 in okay December. so you're 40 at least yeah 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 and and letter yeah. i caught the tail end of like oh letterman's like this is awesome like my dad would watch it all the time and i was like i'm pretty sure i shouldn't be watching some of this but it's great but because letterman letterman changed everything like carson yeah. i watched but carson was not my guy you know what i mean he yeah. was from by the time i was seeing him he was from a bygone era but um Anyway, Letterman. Let, Letterman's uh, almost like the Ramones or something. And the fact that he's so fundamentally changed what people think about in certain ways with music that, like, the influence is just, uh, it's taken for granted. Yes. And, and I see everything like that through the eyes of my children. I was just like, you know, the Simpsons are really, like, when the Simpsons came on, let me just try to explain to you just, like, how lame network TV was. And they don't <laughs> want to hear it and don't don't care. Yeah, like, we and don't they care. find the Simpsons <laughs> funny enough, you know, but, but yeah. it, even the Simpsons seems pretty slow or, like, you know. Well, I mean, it's been on a thousand seasons at Christian this point, right? Christian, like, almost a Christian show. <laughs> like, what is there left to do? Like, what? Like, how, yeah. many more, how many more stories can you write? I mean, it, it's almost like... I know. So my fourteen, my fourteen-year-old is now watching. He was watching The Simpsons, and it was, you know, Homer flashback to when he was in high school and he was into rap. And I was like, well, I guess that makes sense now. But when I was when I, when that he was first the new came thing, on, yeah. flashback, he was like doing Richard Nixon impersonation. Right, so right, yeah, yeah. It was like so. It's so funny that they, you know, the kids never grew up, and so now their references for high school for Homer are like he was into rap music and. 
Abe Simpson could, didn't understand. Anyway, silly. <laughs> Abe Simpson is talking about being at Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. It's like now I'm the age of Abe Simpson, I guess. <laughs> exactly. But so, but the experience, and, and, and I, the reason why I asked is because I, I had um, Aaron from Red Fang on. Actually, Paul Schaefer played with Red Fang, which is actually, to me, more hilarious than him playing with the Pixies. Uh, but I wow. kind of love that. And he kind of you know, after me prodding him, he sort of went into depth of like, you know, the whole experience and it'd be, especially for a band like them that is as much as they play big, you know, big, uh, big shows, you know, they're, they're well-regarded working band, but you know, that's some scruffy alley cat looking motherfuckers. Like, frankly, like, I mean, like you, they, they probably didn't expect they were going to be, be able to be played with like Letterman. And then, you know, to which they have you know, like, Hey, you know, can Paul play with you? They were like, hell yes, he can. Of course. Right. Like, it's like, yeah. yes. Someone asks okay. you if you're a God, you say, yes. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, uh, good for that. But, um, so other than like seeing a bunch of rehearsals uh, for, you know, the, the upcoming show, like what, what was it? How was the experience overall? Uh, I, you know, there was part of me, of course, that fantasized that we would meet Conan and like he would become our buddy because, right. you know, he would realize that we're actually really funny too. And uh, whatever, we would get our own, you know, monkeys type show that he would write or, or, or shepherd. Um but not, none of that. Like, we shook his hand, and he was yeah. cool, and that was the end of it. But uh, we were fans, for sure. <laughs> like, we loved him. And, uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of good stories from that. Uh, so I'm going to circle back to recent history. I'm going to tell you a boring story that in January, so since we talked. By the way, I, I don't think we – so Sloan hasn't played a show since I talked. I haven't done anything. I've been I, sitting I, in the same chair. <laughs> <laughs> You've played shows. <laughs> I have. I, I actually played a couple. I played the, We do the uh, state fair. <laughs> with, well, maybe I Hank should Williams interview Jr. you. What, what was it like? What's it like? What's it like in the world? What's happening? That was great. Uh, you know, it was Wisconsin, so people were very drunk. You know, the least shocking development ever. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we got thanked for being a rock band. That's cool. You know, was, that's going back to your like we're basically playing jazz <laughs> scenario. It's like oh, it's so nice to oh see a rock God. band. We played in Montreal one time, and this woman, it was at something that we deserved this because it was like something we clearly took the money because it was like like the Indy 500, some fucking stupid thing. Yeah. But we, so we were playing, we're some sideshow at this bigger thing, and then our intro was like, Does anybody remember Sloan? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty hurtful. <laughs> Oh God, that's 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 some uh, Spinal Tap and Puppet Show level. It, it was, it was <laughs> Puppet Show. But uh, okay, so you played show, like you just played like a couple shows. What yeah, yeah, there's uh, like like four of them. One with the documentary that uh, I, that I'm in about touring, and the State Fair show is kind of why we ended up reconvening because it's like how can we say no to that? And then one yeah. at this outside brewery, and like it was all, it was all cool. Like I I I would not feel comfortable booking tour still. Right. But yeah. like, but I think like it, it worked, it worked. And I, I had my reservations. Let's put it that way. Like we got, like, there, there's other things that have been was like, it, like eh, was it full capacity? Uh, so the safe fair is outside. So the basically okay. uh, to, to, almost all of them have been outside, which sort of sweetens the like, Okay. It's outside. You know, if you, if you don't want to be you know near someone who's super spreading because of freedom or something, you right. don't have to be right. In the name of freedom, sure. In the name of freedom, yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> uh, but I still haven't, I haven't, 
ah, it's so weird. I feel such a, such a hypocrite because I haven't been to that many shows because I'm like, ah, right. I don't think, I don't know. Well, we, so Sloan now has two, Sloan, you got something booked. two shows up for sale in yeah. November. We had a whole tour booked in November that got, that got canceled yeah. fairly recently. So that was going to solve all our financial problems. But it was kind of a funny tour. So you wouldn't even get the joke except for, so like, I don't mean to say joke because I don't mean to make fun of people, but it was like a packaged 90s tour with a bunch of these Canadian bands who were kind of big in Canada. So you yeah, wouldn't yeah. even know. So the bands were, stop me when you know who these people okay. are. Okay. Okay. Headstones. Nothing. Tea Party. Nothing. You heard of the Tea Party? No. Nope. Uh, you might know Tea Party because they were offered a whole bunch of money by the Tea Party, like Republicans for their domain <laughs> name. <laughs> that for real? That, 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 is that a bit? That's that, true. Wow. That's true. Okay. And, and, and they're kind of like a Led Zeppelin meets the doors. Okay. No sense of humor. Like very like I have, you know, literally between song banter is like, I have led you into damnation. Like, you oh, know, wow. just yeah. make us seem like goofballs because we're like, get along with this guy. And the other band is called Moist. Did they ever? Oh, yeah. I, I do know that band. Yeah. You've heard of that band. Yeah. Okay. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who you'd know. Anyway, it was like a 90s tour that was a package tour with another band that, that had to cancel. And they were like, will you do this tour? And we were kind of like, you know, in our minds, like we're still like young brats. We're like, we're too cool for this tour. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it was good money. And we had already missed like, you know, 18 months yeah, of playing. It was like, time. well, this yeah. kind of catches up to everything. Yeah. And then who gives a shit? Like I, every, everything that we do that we don't, that's not ideal. We, we just think of it as like, we don't have to, we don't have to put this on our record. We don't have to write a song. We don't have to write a song that we don't like or like sing about duck fried chicken or whatever. Like we don't have to sing about some, any mistakes we've made are not on the records. Like I look back, I'm like, do we play that show? That's sponsored by some cigarette company. Oh my God. Anyway, well, it's not, you know, look at our, our record, our records are pristine. Anyway, um, that, so anyway, that got canceled. So now we have just two shows for sale. They're both limited capacity. They're, it's like a, a you know a thousand seater yeah. venue, but like it's two hundred fifty tickets. Yeah, yeah. So there's it's not going to be nuts to butts or anything, as they say. Yeah. So like so, but the the laws just changed here. The rules just changed here in Ontario, Canada, where I live, that you can do full capacity shows. And it was happening just like we haven't we hadn't announced our shows, and we like we got oh. on the phone like, are we changing to full capacity? Like yeah. maybe yeah. maybe people don't want to come to full capacity shows. Like maybe we should assure people that it's that it's limited capacity. Like maybe. Um, anyway, so that's what we've done and, and that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it won't change our fortunes, but like it's, it's, it'll be a bit of money come in and we're not, I'm not, we're not in desperate straits. Like we're, we're one of the lucky ones. I know that it's been like a devastating time for a lot of people and I don't yeah. mean to make light of it and all that stuff. Um, you know, but I'm not sitting on mountains of cash. Like I got to work at some point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. At some, at some point it, it's good, bad or ugly. You got to get, got to get rolling here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I also was doing, so I guess I had, by the time I spoke to you last time, I had already done at least one solo show from my house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, oh, it's, uh, it's either you had so done I, one or you were about to do the first one, which I saw. And I actually saw all of them, but the last one, I think. And it was great. Oh, you, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so anyway, so I've never been interested in people playing solo or just like, you know, even, you know, my, yeah. I love the kinks and I've been to see Ray Davies play it. I'm just like, man, eh, it'd be better if it were the kinks, even though, right. like, anyway, I, I, I just have a, and again, I won't reference our last show and maybe I'll tell the story, but like, I, I just love bands. Like I just am in yeah. love with the idea of bands. It's just a romantic thing. It's part of what keeps our band together is just my immature 
idea that bands are cool or whatever. Or like I'm into making a giant body of work as a band. And as, a, as an aside, like Sloan is pretty far into our 13th record, like we've, we've been making it. And I'm really happy about it. And I was just with Patrick yesterday and he was cool and collaborative and it just felt like the old days, you know, it's like, hey, this is cool. And, and he added something to my song, which is kind of the best part. So I just always like that kind of That's romantic awesome. collaboration that often doesn't happen for us anymore as you get older and all that kind of stuff. Well, you don't have as much so, time. You're not spending all your time on music anymore, mm -hmm. right? So you got other things in your life. and Yes, but all, all I do is like fantasize that, that our band continues in some shape. And I'm always trying to, Jay and I especially are always trying to come up with new initiatives. You know, in the past year, like we put out two B-sides compilations yep. and, you know, these other things. And, and um, uh, anyway, so I did, I did a couple shows. I think my first one was in September and I believe I spoke to you in October. So I think I had done one. So I did four in a row where I didn't do any repeats of songs. And then I was kind of like, the that's kind of all I the found, songs I have. <laughs> I found that really both impressive and sort of like, wow, that's quite a box to sort of put yourself in. Like that's, you got to kind of think this through. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I knew that I was playing for a niche, you know, I was getting 400 people to come see me, which is cool. They pay 10 bucks. Like that's money in my pocket. That's great. But you know, that's a lot, that's worldwide. Anybody in the world could have come. So there were billions of people who were not interested in that. So that's, that's, that's kind of, I guess that's one way to look at it. Sure. But I just mean like the people who were there, like I knew admittedly the first one I did, I didn't say in advance that I was going to be doing that. And I actually got 700 people to come to, to pay to see that one. But then it became probably immediately, they were like, what is this B material? So I had, you know, I, I personally have like four songs that are recognizable to whatever, just that had been on the radio up here or whatever. Yeah. And I had to spread those over four shows. And I, you know, I was singing 12 to 15 songs. So Play the a hits. lot of songs that people did not know. <laughs> but anyway, so it went down from 700, but I think the 400 people that came uh, subsequently, they were prepared for me to, to be in, in the weeds and, uh, and it was good. And then, but this, this story all leads to the fact that so I did those four and then I gave it a rest. And then I had another one booked in Feb last February. And the thing that happened, and then I, I got Bell's palsy yeah. in January. And so the left-hand side of my face, you know, uh, Bell's palsy, if, if you don't know, is like it affects the uh, muscles in your face. So I got up one morning and I was spitting in the sink, brushing my teeth, and I was just like, I can't spit. This is weird. <sighs> and then I could tell that my face, like my face just turned into a melted candle. Like it was really scary. <sighs> but I was also just, I was waiting for my, I was waiting for my hand, my left hand to go. I was like, this is a stroke, I guess. I didn't, I don't think about Bell's palsy. Like I had heard of it, I guess. I was like, I guess I'm having a stroke. And I was just terrified to lose my left hand because then I'd be like, well, then what am I going to do? Yeah. And I made lots of jokes about like, as a person who's traded on his looks, this is devastating. <laughs> but, so I had the real melted candle face, but I took a steroid right away, which you're supposed to do. And, you know, in over months like it's still kind of happening like i can still tell the difference but like i really have been fortunate like my face is pretty normal like if you yeah. look at me like i guess it's not a visual show here but yeah it is if you're on the it's youtube pretty, it's pretty normal but it yeah. was and my wife so in january february it was like really scary looking kind of and uh but sorry the other silver lining sloan wasn't playing shows couldn't play shows right. and every, everyone has to wear a mask so I was like, if you have to, if I had to have it, 
Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it now. And um, yeah, there's ne- there's never it, a good time, but there's certainly uh, <laughs> there's certainly worse yes. times. But then my wife was like, "Well, you should share." I took pictures of myself, and she was like, "Share this picture on Instagram." I'm like, "God, I look like a monster. I don't want to share that. What if I? What if in two months I'm completely better, and I'm going to wish that this picture never existed yeah, yeah. because I'm as vain as the next person? Like, don't get me wrong." But uh, anyway, she convinced me to do it, and I was just like, "No, I had it in my hand. I was like, should I?" And then she pressed share or whatever. So then there's a picture of me, and in Canada, like it ran on the on the Associated Press or whatever. Like it became a news story. Wow. So it was just my picture from Instagram. And it was like, it was a non-story. But, you know, the picture was kind of like shocking enough. It was like, here's a guy who had something shocking happen to his face. And so I was joking with that. And I'm sort of segueing into the fact that besides Sloan, I do have these other groups. So one of them is uh, the Trans Canada Highwaymen. Which I did not which, ask at all about last time. And I really feel that was one thing. I was that's like, oh, okay. I need to do that. Well, we don't have we don't have records like we don't. It's kind of just like a it's a show. It's like this celebration show. So that I do that show with Stephen Page, who uh, used to be in Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, Mo Berg from a group called the Pursuit of Happiness. I don't know. Like they had hits in the States and they had a record. I know the, I know the name, but I couldn't I couldn't pick them out of a lineup, unfortunately. Their big song was called. Um, uh, well, uh, I'm an adult now. Uh, anyway, it was it was big up here. It was like an indie. They had an indie video for it, and then they got signed by a major, and then they did a you know a big shitty version video of it, and then whatever. But uh, but uh, he, he he's in this group, and another guy named Craig Norley who's in a group called Odds. And so the four of us just we all come from bands, and we all we each take. Uh, we each take four of our songs and make a set out of that yeah. and, and play them as a group. We're the group. So like I play the drums and I'll come up and play bass kind of thing. And one of those guys, one of those jokers will, get, will go back and play drums for my songs, which suck because none of them can play. <laughs> but, <laughs> Some big shoes to fill. Get, yeah. <laughs> but they all get, they all get a kick out of the, And I get a kick too. Like the audience gets a kick out of the struggle of, you know, Steve right. Page trying to play the drums because he sucks on drums. But uh, anyway, I was in a text thread with these guys and I was complaining uh, I was like, geez, this picture of me is the melted candle. This is, this has been picked up by the Canadian press. Like this is the most known picture of me now. And Stephen Page wrote back to me because Stephen had been busted for drugs in like 2009 <laughs> or something. He sent me his mug shot. He was like, this is the most known picture of me. And I was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but you never look better than your mug shot. Yeah, you look great in your yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you look I good. Look like yeah, sh- I look like shit. <laughs> anyway, so so yes, I play. So I play in a. Uh, we call ourselves the Trans Canada Highwaymen. It's kind of a a, a reference to the Highwaymen, who is a fantastic Cash super group with uh, yeah, well, Willie Nelson, uh, Waylon Jennings, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think from Christopherson, Chris, yeah, Johnny Cash, yeah. Anyway. Um, and we've played shows and it's not, you know, it's not a giant part of my life, but I love those guys and they're just old friends and it's super fun. And should I just keep talking about nothing? <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> you're doing great. You hardly need me. It's fine. <laughs> well, okay. So it's funny. So, so, um, Stephen Page, uh, was in a group called the Bare Ladies that probably don't come right. up much on this podcast because, you know, they get, they have novelty hits that everybody think yeah. are just, you know, not cool yeah, or whatever. 
And I understand. I met those guys in 1990, and uh, and I thought that they were fantastic. And they made all kinds of, you know, they're goofball shorts on stage, you know, just right. They re- <laughs> they revel in how uncool they are. Yeah, yeah. They're owning but, their their uncoolness. Yeah. But they're super funny and super smart guys. And like, they they would have a song like "This Is Me in Grade Nine. This Is Me in Grade Nine, Baby." Like you. I think of myself as funny. I think of myself as having humor in my songs, but like, it's such a fine line, eh? Like, yeah, like the humor yeah. in music, like it's it's dangerous. Yeah. And they've, you know, they're on the other side of the line that I am very wary of. But anyway, I do love those guys. Anyway, they had a a, a breakup. Stephen got in shit for in drugs for drugs. I I don't know how it sort of ended with him. This is like two thousand nine. He kind of got kicked out of the band or quit or whatever. It was it was it was rough. And so I've been playing with Steven and the Highwaymen, but I'm still friends with those other guys. And I got a call from uh, from a producer of a show up here, and he was like, "Do you want to come and sing with the Bare Naked Ladies?" So so the Bare Naked Ladies continue as a group without Steven. Right. Like, do you want to come and sing with these guys at this at this small show? And I was like, I don't know. Like, do I have to rap? Like, is this going to be? <laughs> Am I going to regret this for the rest of my life? That's an important question to ask, well, by the way. Well, ask that ahead of time, yeah. And I should I should say that I did do some rapping in the 80s in, in my other band, but whatever. That, that's not on the internet, so whatever. That, you'll never see it. But um, And so I was kind of like, I don't want to do it. But the thing is, I've been playing with Steven. Are they going to think that I'm – are they going to think that they, yeah, they're not friends with me anymore? It's like, well, he'll play with that, him, but he won't. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so I – but I never spoke to them directly. And then, I, then, then I, then I eventually got a call back from the, uh, from the producer. He's like, yeah, you're not going to do it anymore, but you can still come and watch the show. And I was like, that's, that's the worst of both worlds. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I, they're, they're friends. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. That's a good laugh line. But I, so I, I learned a song just in case right. showed up and they see me and they're like, Oh, what are you doing here? And, and I was, I was too embarrassed to say like, did you, did the producer ask you if I should play? And then you were like, no, but you don't want me to know that. And anyway, I, I didn't know where it stood. I just wanted to be friends with everybody. Yeah. So I didn't care if I was like, I don't need to shoehorn myself into this show, but I'm here and here's the song I know. And by the way, it was, this is me in grade nine. And, uh, and they did their whole, they're like, well, maybe we'll call you up. So they did their whole show. And then they said, well, we're done except for Chris Murphy's here. And we're going to do one more song and we haven't rehearsed it. We haven't played the song in like 10 years. And so they called me up and we did it and we really, and they screwed it up, but like they went back, they started over again and did this other verse. Like it was totally fun. They were totally into being in the moment and off the cuff and they didn't care about how unprofessional it seemed. It was kind of the perfect experience. It was great. Sure. But, but then I'm going to say, how much Bare Naked Ladies time do I have? Kind of 15 minutes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a quota. You can keep going. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm almost done. Then they were inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, and they had to reunite with Paige, the four of them. I had right. just performed with them, and I perform with Paige all the time. Yeah. And and they had to perform together, and that it was chilly. Like, they had to get up on stage and play at the Juno Awards, which is like the Canadian Grammys, and uh, and it just didn't seem... I just felt bad for them. I, w- I wish that they had a better, more fun experience because I saw, I remember how fun it was to do it with these guys, but like, it was just all kind of, you know, the, the, the four guys were defiantly like, no, 
like we're not looking back. Like, everybody wants a band to reunite. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, why don't yeah. we have Steven back in the band? And they were just kind of finally like, nope, fuck that. Like we, we've made five records without them. And you know, all their interviews was just like, you know, we're just looking forward, looking forward. Yeah. We're happy to celebrate. We're looking. Anyway, I felt kind of bad. Anyway, all that to say, I play in a group called the Trans Canada Highwaymen sometimes. No recordings uh, with them as, at this point. But uh, I'm just trying to tell non-Sloan stories at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's so for and for the listeners that are, are not Canadian, that is a reference to the actual Trans Canada Highway, which may, may seem obvious if, if you yes. are from Canada Sorry, or be right. tour, uh, you would be aware of that. But yeah, it's it, that's a thing. And so it's a. Yeah, playoff of the highway, highwaymen, of course, and then yes. the Trans Canada Highway. And one more level, Canada is a country directly to your north. Just in case, <laughs> in case you've got your grade six, and then you went and for the American listeners, there there are people that listen from other countries. Uh, uh, for Australia, it's not to your north, or it's rather, it's very much to your north. <laughs> there's 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 a whole there's a whole uh, thing in Canada, as you might know or suspect. About, like smug Canadians who think, you know, Americans don't know anything. And I don't mean to partake in that sort of like Americans are stupid right. thing because I don't agree. And also like if you, if you turn the tables and you start asking uh, Canadians about the Northwest territories, you know, how much do you know about Iqaluit or how, or how much do you know about even Mexico or, you right. know what I mean? Like they, exactly. they, you know, they don't, they don't know anything. Um, I keep anyway, thinking I don't of. Ex- uh, I don't expect Americans to know about Canada. Letter Kenny, the G Gens from Upcountry. That's always a that's that's a good laugh line. Even though it's like, even though without having a frame of reference, I'm like, no, I get that immediately. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and do you do you know do people know what Trailer Park Boys is? Do you know? Oh, yeah, with this yeah, that's, phenomenon. That's, yeah. It, 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 certainly, most people that be listening to this show, I'm sure, are, are aware of of that show, which is which is okay. Also- now for your for your own just polling you yeah in the show like can you go five characters deep on that show or do you just know the guy with the glasses like, uh, do you know <laughs> I, I i know I, I know like the main cast but i i am i am gonna say it's been years it's been years since okay. i've seen it so well there are three guys yeah it used to the show started with two guys and then bubbles was this kind of like coke bottle glasses wearing yeah. guy who uh became kind of a the breakout character right. the fawns character if you will uh, of uh, of that show, but there is a Rosencrantz and Gilgenstern characters named Trevor and Corey. Mm-hmm. And Corey, I knew he was in a, a group called Hip Club Groove, and their record came out on Murder Records, the sort of Sloan imprint label that we that we started when when Sloan put out its first uh, EP in 1992. And they they had a record called Trailer Park Hip Hop. And then these guys are on the show, and and then soon after this show, Trailer Park Boys. Like I think that I think that it's sort of uh, I think that Trailer Park Boys kind of not they, they didn't steal the idea from Trailer Park Hip Hop, but like they uh, I think they were pretty influenced by that. And the other guy, his name is Mike Jackson, and he's I've known he I know him from the hardcore scene. I know I've known him since 1985 or six, when he was a little boy. He's a year or two younger than than me, but he. He plays his other character, Trev- uh, Trevor, and those two guys unceremoniously quit Trailer Park Boys, like as shooting was beginning for like season six or whatever, like that. They were like, they were mad about like the main guys got all the lines. Like yeah. they would they would joke that the Bubbles character 
you know, if, if something got a laugh at a table read, he'd be like, uh, maybe Bubbles should say that. Like he would steal all the good lines. Right, and so they, right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think they all, and then the, the proper, like the ownership of the show and so it didn't extend to the whole family. Anyway, that's, that's just the, that's just business and that ruins everything. But that's my segue to try to talk about the fact that, uh, so Murder Records. Yeah, I was going to ask about Murder Records because we didn't talk about that literally at all. And and since then, you've also there's also a Murder Records uh, archive Instagram, so you can kind of like see all the different releases and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. So Murder Records is. Uh, I grew up. I live in Toronto, Canada, right now, and I've been here since 1997. But I, uh, when Sloan started, um, we made a recording. Uh, we started it, uh, you know, September '91, like basically right as as people needed to have their act together and the world came looking for people like us. Uh, so we were like ready to go. Um, so we had a recording and we were just, we put out an EP and we just put the name murder records, which I, I was always embarrassed of the name. I was just like, do we think we're tough or something? Like what, right. what does that mean? <laughs> Is that a hardcore but, label? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, but, but my, my save on that was, the logo is a bunch of M's flying like a murder of crows, like the collective right. term for yeah, crows yeah. is murder. Like a parliament like of owls, like, a murder of crows. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, and so our first EP came out on that. And then there were, there were we came from a great scene. Um, there was another group called Eric's Trip that we yep. did a, a record with them. And then they signed to Sub Pop. And then there was a group called Hardship Post and they signed to Sub Pop. They were from Newfoundland. Um, uh, Eric's Trip was from Moncton, New Brunswick where my wife is from actually. And then the fourth group was called Thrush Hermit and they signed to Electra in the States. And then there was a group called Jail. They signed to Sub Pop. Um, anyway, there's a lot going on. There's a group called the Super Friends. There's a group called the Inbreds, which signed to like a Atlantic subsidiary called Tag. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the Maritimes. Anyway, so we, we had the most money because we signed to Geffen Right. So we had a bunch of money and I still lived with my parents at least some of the time. So we had money and we were putting out records by the, by our friends and we were trying to be, you know, cool utopian business. Cause we were signed to a major, but we wouldn't never do that. We've never put any kind of strings attached to any of our friends and all this stuff. And, and, you know, by then, uh, with the Nirvana story, like Nirvana was so big and sub pop became so big because they had bleach. And we kind of thought of that as a potential business model. It's like, you know, well, if, if Eric's trip becomes really big, Something then hits. we have their first EP. There so like, we'll make some money. And, and nobody ever, it was a complete community service project. Like yeah, yeah. nobody, no money was made. But um, <laughs> so good, we put out good a lot times of were had, no money was made. Yeah. <laughs> we put out a lot of records up until about 1997 and like in 97, 98, uh, Andrew moved to Toronto right away, like in 1993 from Halifax. Uh, but uh, the rest of us kind of gradually moved up. We were all up there by 97, 98. And it was a real, you know, like Discord or something. I don't mean to compare it to like the greatest record label of all time, but like <laughs> it was, it, it was, uh, it, it was about Halifax, basically. It was about, yeah. you know, the, that scene. You that know what I mean? that so, region. So we were no longer living there. And then we were still, we still had bands that were active. They were like, okay, we got our next record. It's like, okay, we'll put that out. But we were, you know, we had our head up our ass trying to make our own band go and, you know, trying to meet girls in Toronto. Uh, but um, so Murder Records kind of uh, went, it just sort of became a, a method for putting out Sloan Records. It meant that 
we, we, we try to always own our own masters and deal with yeah. a distributor. In Canada, that would be uh, a major most of the time. And in the States, we're just back and forth with whomever. And, um, uh, and, and then we, we tried to do a little resurgence in the early 2000s. We put out my wife's band, Pony de Look, and this other group called Will Curry and the Country French. But like we were assigned to, we had a distribution deal with, with BMG, which became Sony up here, and they were kind of like tentacles, and we were just like, yeah, I don't want to, just shut it down. Uh, but but more recently, we've been trying to, as you say, with the pandemic, like I was, I made an Instagram account with and just trying to document all the things, kind of foolishly, like I was, I wanted it to be a pristine document. I was like, the first post is going to be Murder Record 001. And I showed the front cover, yeah. the back cover, the vinyl. Like, here's, like a here's zero zero two, and so on and so on. But yeah. and so, and I wanted it to just be all in order. I didn't want to have anything except for the archive there. And then I, and so you know, I had some people following that, and and, and some of the the bands that had been involved were were chiming in. So there were like little reunions, and it was kind of romantic and cool. This is like January, February last year, or this year, yeah. And <laughs> so uh, it all runs together. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> But then I got to the end and I was just like, well, I don't want to pervert this with other murder record. I, so I started another murder records account to put other murder records anyway. And nobody followed that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, from time to time. Uh, so I'm so that's all to say that I play in this other group called Tuns, T-U-N-S, with my friends, uh, Matthew Murphy, no relation, and Mike O'Neill. And they're both kind of murder records alums. Uh, Matt Murphy was in a group called uh, Super Friends, and Mike O'Neill was in a group called The Inbreds, and they were both fantastic. And uh, and like almost everybody I know, like they never made a dime, and you know they made great records, and that was it. And I know you know yeah. lots of people like that too. It's a story of basically probably everybody who listens to this is just like, yeah, I had a great band too, and nobody cared. And so anyway, familiar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, but, uh, and check. <laughs> so anyway, in 2016, these old friends and I, uh, or 2015, started playing. And then in 2016, we put out a record, Tons record, uh, through a label up here uh, called Royal Mountain Records, which had uh, like a bunch of cool younger bands on it. So we were kind of excited to be on this cool record label with young, cool bands. And... Uh, and, and more recently, uh, last March, uh, we put out our second record, but we just did it. Was, we just did it through through the Murder Records imprint. Yeah. Just used the Murder Records in name, but we just used our own money. I basically used my own money. Yeah. Paid myself back, and you know we basically broke even and made a little bit of money. Best case scenario, basically. For, yeah. I mean, not for, bad <laughs> for uh, for uh, for fun projects. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so that's a going concern, and you know that's kind of. Murder records in the present, so like I got to add that to the murder records archive Instagram, and uh, and we have shows booked in in December, and hopefully yeah. they happen, and uh, and hopefully I can get us to rehearse in the meantime because we haven't played a show since uh, August two thousand eighteen, so uh, and we're a three piece. I play the drums in that group, and uh, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, the the records are cool, and the, you know, it has its own voice. You know, it, it's it's yeah. I, but I think it's also like if you're into the Sloan stuff, like it's not gonna seem like it's coming from outer space necessarily. You know? <laughs> no, I know. You know, if you're like my mother is always like, you know, my mother would hear, I don't know, who she'd hear any kind of rock band, 
certainly the Foo Fighters, for example, that's yeah. not even like a, a bad example. She's like, oh, it just sounds like you guys. Like she's like she just <laughs> think it's all the same. Or right, it's like right. rock music, right? Anyway, but um, uh, anyway, yeah, it's you wouldn't think that it's that weird. Matt and Mike and I each we all kind of have. I always think of us as each having like these high voices, these tenor voices. Mm-hmm. And then we, we played a show and a guy came backstage and he was like, oh, it's so interesting to see. Uh, it's really great, two tenors and, a, and he points to me and a natural baritone. I'm like, what are you talking? Like I took offense that I was the natural baritone, of course. <laughs> First of all, how dare I, you? <laughs> well, I, I actually wanted to call the group the three tenors, T-E-N-N-E-R-S, and I wanted to charge $30 ah. for anything we did. Re- records and shows. <laughs> Nice. I, I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the swagger with that bit. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got get that going on. So shows in December, and I and then can I just bore you with like I have another project called the Anyway Gang. Did yes. I talk about that before? Yes, please. No, because because that's the thing is we went the so last time we went super deep dive in the Sloan catalog, which is great. I'll do yeah. that all day, every day, twice on Thursdays, but. Yeah, we didn't talk about any of this stuff, so please talk about it. Yeah, I I have uh, so the uh, when when Tons put out a record on Royal Mountain Records, there was a guy who ran Royal Mountain Records. One of the guys who runs it was this guy named Menno Verstig. Yeah, and he was in a band. He was in a band called Colorado. They played for last ten years or more, and they kind of wrapped it up this past December. But anyway, so he was saying he wanted to meet to be in this other super group. I'm like. Dude, I'm in like four super groups already. <laughs> yeah, I love and, and you know, and I, I don't know how super these groups are. Like these are like you know, was former members of some other band you never heard of. But anyway, so Menno and I and this guy named uh, David Monks, who's in a group called Tokyo Police Club. Mm-hmm. This guy, he's younger. Like he's like 35. I'm 52. And and uh, remind me to talk about being 52 in a second. <laughs> And the other guy's name is Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts is kind of like a bigger star in the on rock radio up yeah. up here, and he's kind of he's a couple years younger than me. But like, um, he he was kind of coming up at, at, during the aforementioned uh, commercial uh, decline of Sloan, 1999. Anyway, but we're all friends, and we we made a record in 2018 that came out in 2019 um, called Anyway Gang. Anyway, gang is just something that Don Don Rickles would say as a reset after after saying something yeah. horrendous. <laughs> it's like anyway, gang. But um, yeah, so we put out a record in 2019, I guess, or is it 18 or 19? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And then we and more recently we we recorded uh, in the past few months, and we have a record that is uh, being mixed right now. And I thought it was going to come out or a single this year, but probably next year. Anyway, so that's a, another thing that I have going, and and I don't mean to leave behind uh, Sloan. Sloan is recording right now what will be our thirteenth record, and I'm really happy yeah, that's about awesome. It. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's good. Just, now, now, if I remember right, the t- the touring the tourist interruptus that happened uh, because of COVID. Yes. I think it was you were doing the uh, was the Navy Blues tour, right? Yeah. My, yes. So my favorite Navy record Blues is by our you guys. Album that came out in 1998, and we've been doing. Uh, reissue. Re, we've been reissuing our records as box sets, yeah. and using that as an excuse to tour, buying ourselves a whole tour without having to write any new material, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and now and 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 playing some of these songs for the first time since 1998, some for the first time ever, and not we've since 2006 we've had Gregory McDonald playing right. dedicated keyboard and whatever needs to be sung. That's impossible. 
uh, touring with us. So now everything, you know, playing these songs now, like it's, it's more, it's better than ever. I mean to say. Yeah. And and I did, I unfortunately did not get a chance to see on that tour. I was actually really looking forward to it. Um, You know, stuff happens though, like global pandemics. Uh, but it, you know, it occurred to me, it's like, you know, like Iggy and Angus, I think that song is fantastic, but like, it was like, oh, wow, they're playing that. Well, of course they're playing, you know, they're, they're playing the record. That's kind of the, that's the conceit of the bit, but like some of those stuff, some of those songs weren't necessarily designed to be played live or, you know, have that like, uh, or even like really, you know, are you, are you even like thinking about them until it's time to like, oh yeah, this one, huh? Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So whenever we like, we've done three of these reissue tours now. Twice removed. For any right, that was yeah. We did twice removed and one chord to another and and navy blues. Yeah. And and um, and for every record like that, there's there'll be like five songs that we know how to play. Four songs that we kind of played sometimes, and and you know three or four that were just like I have no idea how this goes. Like, <laughs> who sing, who sings this one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this us? Is this our band? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, so that tour got interrupted. Yeah, we'll. So like I don't I think the record that we're ma- we're making now. I can't see it coming out before a year from now. Right. And hope if there are shows to play in the meantime, hopefully we'll make up some of those Navy Blues shows, all of which I think are in Canada. I think we've I think we played everywhere that we play in the states, which is good because I don't know how easy it would be to get there. So yeah, I think they just like this week like reopened uh, the ability to go through the border, like if you have your vax card and then all that business. And I think, right. But I think it was like it took until like this week for that to happen. Well, we haven't been we haven't been to the states since uh, we released a song called "Silence Trumps Lies." Yeah, so I maybe, remember. Maybe we'll get ki- kicked out of the country. Well, yeah. Or, or Although it's designed to not, I, I, I basically made it so that so it's "Silence Trumps Lies," meaning it's better to say nothing than to lie. Right. So it's not Trumps like Trump apostrophe s. I, I've I've already got my fight with the border guard. Like I was like, I don't mention him anywhere. Like right. I'm basically You've got you've got your case uh locked down before you've yes, even had that. But then he didn't get then he didn't get reelected. But um <laughs> Thank God. Or did he? Or did he? But he but he could come back. I don't know. Poor everyone. We were having such a nice time, Chris. Come on. <laughs> no, well, but, anyway, but that's uh, that's a great tune, and and that, I think that came out like the week you were on last time, and I don't think we even talked about it at all. Uh, but I yeah, think, I think you had some kind of gag order on mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, 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 no! Blast right past that. Let's let's talk more about Navy Blues. <laughs> I, know, I can't can't believe that you're not you don't want to talk about my the political samba that I wrote. <laughs> I like it. it's a good tune. I mean, and, and it's it's clever in that way that. Uh, you explained, you know, because when you explain, yeah, you can't, clever. you can't throw me in jail for it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it gets it gets it across. You know, well, that's why if I were fighting at the border, I was like, it's not about him. It's about people. Uh, it's about stupid people who say things when they have no expertise. It's like whatever. Just well, it, it just it reminds me too of like uh, Poster Children, who I, who I like quite a bit. They put out a song called "The Leader" on. Um, one of the records. It was when Bush was president. Yeah, I remember being like, "Oh, why didn't they explicitly name, you know, that guy as as like the?" And then then like this dude now, it's like, "Oh, it's way better that they didn't because." Right. Exactly. It's like uh, my it, song about Spiro Agnew or whatever. Yeah, Reagan. Like, yeah, Reagan who? sucks. <laughs> yeah, Spiro Agnew. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. But that's exactly it, right? You know, it's gonna it's gonna not only tie it to a specific time, it's gonna almost immediately date it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, but but yeah, getting back to the yeah, you know, revisiting this old material, songs that you have maybe maybe they uh, you've never tried to play them live, maybe they didn't work live, maybe they just were eschewed in favor of other songs that you know work well live. Um, it's kind of like a science experiment almost is what it seems like. Yeah. And, and I know within my own band, like one of the songs you mentioned there, Iggy and Angus, uh, yes about Iggy and Angus Young, whatever. But, um, you know, Andrew doesn't like that song. He doesn't want to play that song, but you know, because we're doing these album shows, like I don't have to fight with them about the right. set list. It's like the set list is what it is. Like we're not skipping it. Well, you so, tell him uh, Conan Neutron loves that song, and when he goes, "Who?" just say, "Never mind." <laughs> the Conan? Um, like, no, no, the no, one I, you don't know. <laughs> I, I like doing it because you know there are some songs on Navy Blues, uh, Money City Maniacs, uh, "Come On, Come On." Yeah, st- songs that we still play that I get a kick out of uh, contextualizing on the record where they go, and 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 you know I've been. I've been to shows where people have played album shows and stuff yeah. like that. And it's, it's fun to, it's like, you know, what's coming next and, yeah. you know, se- sequencing and, you know, the, the exciting, the excitement of seeing that with other people who know what's coming next is like, Oh, this one. And so, yeah. So money city maniacs, isn't just like a song that's like in our set list when we play them in summers, it comes between keep on thinking and keep on thinking. So, yeah. Like it's yeah. got, yeah, it, it pay, it's paced differently than you probably would in an otherwise normal Sloan set. Yeah. Well, I don't even mean that it's that, that our sets are on nor I just mean like, it's just fun to sort of put it back with its bookended songs that, yeah. that proceed and follow it. Kind of. did, did you find that, uh, and, and I guess it's true for, you know, for twice removed, this is for, for all of them, but did you find that, was there any ones that we were just like, ah, oh, this song, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, when we did twice, twice removed is our most beloved record in Canada. I would say that in in the states it's probably one chord to another, but uh, yeah. but when we were playing Twice Removed, you know I like it and I'm proud of it, but like as a concert, like it's kind of a bummer. Like it's like a lot. It's a lot of it's kind of dour. It's a little, uh, in a way, yeah. I don't think that I don't think that people came who came to see us were bored or pissed. Like I think they were like, yeah, you know, finally they're not you know, can it with the histrionics there, Murph? Like just <laughs> play the song. <laughs> And I'm like, can we just speed it up here? But uh, yeah, so it was, yeah, there were some that were just like, oh my God, this one. But, uh, and, and, and I'm all tempted a lot of the time to change the key. It's like, oh my God, I can't sing this in the original key. But then Gregory won't have it. He's like, you're not changing the key. Just fucking just blow your voice out and I'll help you. <laughs> he's, he's trying to guarantee more work. Is what he's trying to do. It's a, it's a, it's a... exactly. <laughs> Well, job so security. Navy Blues, for example, starts out with a song called "She Says What She Means," yep. and it is it's high, like it's it's a like my highest note musical note would be like a G, maybe G sharp or whatever. A. Anyway, getting up to A, it just becomes screamy and awful for me. So I have to flip into falsetto. But but Gregory, our keyboard player, he's he's right there every time. He's like, "When do you need me? I'll, I'll back you up on any." But notes that that get weak or whatever, like he's yeah. he's singing the whole time. Basically, he sings the whole show. Whenever he's, you want me, whenever you need me, right? Yeah, exactly. Very, very good. 
which is a, a lyric from that song. Uh, nice, nice pull. But uh, yeah, Gregory's Gregory's awesome. And Gregory had a record come out on using the Murder Records uh, uh, name last year. Uh, he goes by Cola Wars, and he uh, he put out a record of kind of like experimental, sort of modular synth stuff. It's just I, not what you think. Yeah, I've heard like, it, and it's, it's it was good. I liked it. Uh, I I heard it with no context though. That's funny. I didn't realize that was him. That's interesting. Oh really? Yeah. Well, he also he also is buds with these other guys in in that world. He made a record with a kind of famous character from Swinging London, or from who was kind of like attached to the Pretty Things. This guy hmm. goes by the name Twink. Gregory played on his record as Cold Wars. I think maybe it was before he maybe he had the Cola Wars name, but anyway, that's kind of what got him going on the sort of like uh, uh, modular synth stuff. And he's most more recently he he contributed to a record that featured Lee Scratch Perry, like just before he died. Oh wow, wow, that's wild. And, okay, and I shouldn't I should know the name of that thing that he does, but I'm embarrassed that I don't know it. I might casually look it up here while I'm talking. To I'd, you. You'd be well, shocked how often I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just looking off in the corner for no specific reason. No, yeah, no big deal. Uh, <clears throat> New Age Doom. Oh, okay. Very nice. And so, and so they made they made a, a record, and they have all kinds of cool Lee Scratch Perry visuals. Anyway, and then he literally died like the next day. It's crazy. Oof. But uh, anyway, just to say that he he did die. Speaking of twice removed, what I, we went over that last time. Coax me. Is the statute yep. of limitations on? Uh, <laughs> it's not the fans. Uh, it's not the band I hate. It's their fans. Is as that expired now? <laughs> can you uh, say who it is? What is it? What what's your what's the joke like? Can anyone use that now, or or can I tell what <laughs> band I was talking? Yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. More more of if it's a you know, is it a pastiche? Is it about a specific band? Is it more of a concept? I like the line well, is the reason why I bring it up. Well, the thing is, like, it's probably my most known line. Yeah. The line is, uh, it's not the band I hate, it's the fans. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And uh, the thing is, I stole that line from Jay because I heard Jay say that about somebody. Mm -hmm. And then weirdly, he was talking about Kate Bush. He's talking about Kate Bush fans or like there was some guy in his school that was just like wow. Gaga for Kate, Kate Bush and just turned him right off. But I don't think I don't that's I would never have thought of that example. There's a band in Canada called the Tragically Hip. Yeah, yeah. That that were kind of like if you ask me kind of like just like a bar band that everyone loves. I never really understood why everyone loved them so much. But the, the front man uh, he died a couple of years ago. His name's Gord Downey, and he's like a really beloved guy. Yeah, it was and a big really deal had, in my friend. They were group. kind of like this blues that. rock roadhouse band, kind of, if, if you ask me. But they really and and their fans were the seemingly the worst, like jocks <laughs> and just like everything backwards. Baseball hat, drinking, whatever, just the worst. But but they, especially Gord Downey, I think took great pains to make it hard for those guys like they just injected more and more poetry into their act yeah and just confused these guys <laughs> and so like and and they remained like they're kind of the most beloved 
Canadian band of all time. And by beloved, beloved is a, a word, a secret word uh, that means a band that never made it outside of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's code, yeah. <laughs> well, I just mean like to be beloved, you know, Nickelback is not beloved. Right. They're like a worldwide phenomenon. Sloan is beloved, tragically hip or beloved, you know, because, you know, we are allowed to play outside of Canada. But it's, uh, you know, it's to Canadians, <laughs> to Canadians who live abroad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, the Tragically Hip, I think, at some point acknowledged that they assumed that we were talking about them. Oh. And, and it's not the really? band I hate, it's their fans. Yeah. And, and I mean, that uh, can apply to like tool. But, and I was you not, know? Like, but it, it definitely applied to them. Yeah. And But, but then the thing that, that I remember talking to them or addressing this like in 1996 or whatever. It's like, it's not about them, but yes, it applies. And then of course, as we were getting big too, we were commercial and it's like, then it applied to us as much as anybody. Yeah. It's like, we had, you know, you can't control. You can't control that. Yeah. The jerks that show up at your show or whatever. You can try to be, uh, whatever, try to make music that will challenge them or whatever. But anyway, I think I like meathead, <laughs> I guess I'm one of the one of the assholes that nobody wants to be <laughs> I, I like meathead rock music anyway, so well, sure. I, didn't want to. I mean, we 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 talked, you know, Kiss. That's pretty. It's not exactly, uh, you know, PhD level, exactly. but it's great. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, I do. I am a fan of Kiss, and I think that their first couple records, you know, yeah. if you took them makeup and all that stuff away, like I think that that's just it's just. At least some of it. It's like just power pop yeah. music. Come on, you're and, gonna say uh, Strutter isn't a good song? Get out of here! It's a freaking great song. Yeah, but then and then <laughs> then whatever. I probably did I go on about Kiss the last time? Anyway, th- but then they then Gene Simmons adopts this sort of demon voice, yeah, and yeah. like it's like like oh, I am the doc- Doctor Love, or like I don't you know then it gets pretty shit. But anyway, yeah, I love the first couple of Kiss records. Yeah, and it's it, but it they it is one of those bands. It's difficult to go to war for because you're like, well, I don't. There's so much bad stuff associated with it. They're just like you don't even want to talk about. We're like, yeah, look, I don't. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the fact that like you know they they brought the New York Dolls thing to you know the Middle America, not cool places. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's that's amazing. And they did it with love. As much as Gene yeah. Simmons is the consummate capitalist, don't get me wrong, but I mean they were driven and and all those things that I guess you're not supposed to be like if you're, you know, if you want to be loved by Rolling Stone magazine or whatever. Like they were not yeah. hippies for sure, but um, whatever. I think I guess I feel like I have more in common with Gene Simmons than than with Johnny Thunders anyway. Like I, but uh, whatever. I I do I know that Gene Simmons is awful and all that kind of stuff yeah and i ended up thinking that paul stanley is the most uh um uh, sympathetic character in, in the group you know he has to put up with jeans bullshit all the time do, do you was kind of like apologizing yeah. for gene like cleaning up his mess on instagrams yeah yeah <laughs> i i was uh, his instagram is is great like he was getting into pie baking for a while and it was oh i know and, and like, if you read every ha- inst- every hashtag Hashtag Rolling Stone magazine. Hashtag Food Network. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Get, he's just trying, trying to get so picked hard. up. 
<laughs> but it's also funny because I, I came up with a game that I just I read all of his Instagram posts in the style of his stage voice, <laughs> and that just made it amazing every time. Oh wow. He's well, like, that who I, likes peach pie? Who wants to eat it? Yeah, you know, just like oh my god, it, it was it was made something already you know life affirming even better for me. <laughs> did uh, did, it, did I tell you a story that I met Paul Stanley and all that kind of stuff? Did I, I tell that story. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think you did. I met. I met him. He was in town doing Phantom of the Opera, oh. and then. I told you that. No, no, I'm no. But saying, I remember. What, I remember. Anything. I remember when that happened, and that I'll was keep amazing. it brief. I I went. I I was to see Bad Religion the night before, and as I was and I was I was cr- coming back from the Bad Religion show, I saw. I knew that I was going to be sorry. I was on a rock radio station one time, and the guy, like the hungry man, hungry dog, whatever his name was, was talking. It's like, remember next week we're gonna have Paul Stanley on, and I said to him off air. I was like, can I be at that interview? He's like, yeah, I'm interviewing him down at Tower Records on this date. So they had me come down and I just happened to be going by Tower Records the night before because I was going to see Bad Religion. And I saw this big lineup of people of these nerds who were going to wanted to be first in line. And I yeah. talked to a bunch of them. And so when I got to the, um, the interview the next day, I was like, hey, I'm going to, I didn't know what my role was supposed to be. And yeah. we were sitting on a stage in front of a giant airbrush of the Paul Stanley 1978 solo album. And he's probably mortified because he's like, I'm here to talk about Phantom of the Opera. Like, how do I? And all the and all the fans, there's just Kiss fans that want to talk about Kiss. Yeah, well, yeah, shocking. Who could have who could have predicted? And so I'm like, oh, I was here last night, Paul, and I met some of these guys. These people have been in line for like 15 hours. So Gus, do you have a question for Paul? And this guy is like, that I met the night before. He's like, uh, I guess so. Uh, well, everybody knows that Kiss had. Kiss tour hasn't been selling well. Is that why you're doing this? And I was like, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. And so, like, then then Paul, I think, <laughs> thought that I was trying to set him up to make him look like a jerk. Yeah. And yeah. so he was basically turning away from me and wouldn't talk to me anymore. And I was just like, oh, my God, this sucks. Like, thanks, bro. Anyway, it, it was a nightmare. But uh, And he kind of wet fish shook my hand. Like, I wish that I had been more confident because I think I could have had a better rapport with him. But um, I was just – I was super shy. Like, it was whatever – well, it's kind of a weird situation too. You're you, again. You said, like you said, you don't know what your role is there. You know, right? Yeah, so. exactly. It's like, am I interviewing him? Like, because it was like there was like the interviewer guy from the radio station, then Paul, then me. And I was just like, should I should I ever speak? Like, is anyone ever going to ever talk to me if I don't <laughs> right. speak up myself? Anyway, it was fine, and I ended up kissing his ass or whatever. But uh, you should talk about pie making. I thought that we, again, like Conan O'Brien, I was like, are we going to become best friends? And right, right. You, you get the whole scenario mapped out. Like, okay, when yeah. we are best friends, here's where we will go for ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was like, Paul, can we talk about how, like, Kiss has the dumbest fans and, like, you know, like, I'm not dumb like those people. Like, let's talk about, well, I don't know, yeah, like, yeah. I was going to set myself apart or something like that. But right, right. Dumb, dumb you're you're going to say the one thing that, that makes him realize that you're a kindred spirit and then suddenly you're... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You like the raspberries? Like, you like the raspberries, right, Paul? Like, you like Power Pop? Well, yeah. Anyway, he's fine. <laughs> uh not to not not to pull a uh, Fugazi interview on you, but it, one thing I did think we got into last time that I think is always bears mentioning, uh, and and it was there's a specific phrase which is the uh, Sloan being founded in fairness, and yeah. ta- and taking the um, you know the short term gain for the uh, for the longevity and the uh, stakes 
the stakes building and, and keeping something going. And I found that very, yeah. again, as a listener to my own show, apparently I found that very powerful. So, right. Yeah. I like to think that we were founded in fairness and we, uh, and we, we all played in other bands and they all broke up and, and we were in a sort of, it was, you know, what do you do in Halifax when you've played four shows? And it's like, I guess that's it. Like, I, I guess I should start looking for, another band like you know we're not going to make records we're not going to go on tour like what is there to do but then then nirvana changed the world and then it was just like okay every i know that you've all been in like four bands in the past two years but now this is your band forever like whoever is in this band yeah so you know and a lot of a lot of people from our area kind of made a go of it and you know like the seattle scene you know like uh you know people went from thinking it was fun to play to thinking, well, how come those guys got an opportunity? What, what about my opportunity? And, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe we should spend some money. Let's go to Toronto and we'll just play and we'll just get, you know, it just, it just changed from, I, you know, I liken it to like, if you play, I don't play golf or something, but like if you play golf and just, and you're terrible and you like keep missing and then finally you hit one and it's like, all right. As opposed to once you get good, then you're hitting them all the time. And then if you miss one, it's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's like, so like, so we were, we were like, we were just happy to get a hit and get, you know, hit, hit the ball once. So, but it it just changed the attitude of everyone in Halifax. I don't mean to say that everyone became like a money grubbing jerk or whatever, but it's just like, you know, once people's eyes are open to like, to possibility, then it just, you know, kind of wrecks it and all that kind of stuff that everybody from the punk rock scene knows, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, goes from being a cool thing. It was, was cooler before and all that kind of stuff. I play in a, I don't really play anymore, but I played it for like 20 years in a kind of arts hockey league. Oh, wow. Okay. With those shows before. So, so it's like with, uh, so, so by nature of the description, I would say, is that like a hockey league that's, like with artsy fartsy types, yeah. So like people from bands, but like people who work at Exclaim Magazine, or like sure. you know, yeah. you know, and probably some people in the music business and stuff like that. Uh, but um, but even that. So that started out with like a couple of teams. Then there were six teams, and and it just had the, it had the exact same story of the punk scene you know pe- <laughs> these people were all kind of from punk backgrounds and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. and then new teams started joining that were better hockey players than than these you know we were ha- happy because we were like it was co-ed and and safe and like you know everybody we all played hockey as kids but we all quit because because of the jerks of yeah people get super aggressive knock, and it gets knock dangerous. you over yeah so it's like no teeth. this is going to be it's co-ed it's cool it's community you'll know everybody and then then different teams started joining. It's like, well, I don't know that guy. Well, he was pushy. They scored too many goals. Like, like they don't get it. They don't get what we're doing here. And then, right. and so then I found myself politically. So then the then the league was growing, and there was a tournament at Easter, and there were like thirty five teams or something. They came from all over Canada. It was really fun, but then one year, like the original six teams left. They were like, this is way too big. Yeah. There's more propensity for violence and misunderstanding when you don't know the people. Yeah, yeah. And I understood, I understood all that stuff, but I also thought that they were kind of being babies about it because they couldn't win a hockey game anymore because they sucked, <laughs> uh, which is fine. There's a whole off ice 
element to this league where you had to like do a hoot nanny and all that kind of stuff. Like I didn't even care about the on ice stuff. I just like meeting people and all that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, you're, so my so team you were just quit. there to make friends, like you know, as as opposed to every reality show ever. My team quit, <laughs> and I I defected. Like I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go, and I don't want to go and just be in a looking at the same people we've always known. Like some of these new teams and the hoot nannies they do are upping the game to all that. Like it's yeah. so fun and creative and smart. It's like, like we haven't, have you guys already met everyone you ever wanted to know? Like there are other cool people yeah. and there are other shitty people. Anyway, I just politically wanted to be a part. I was pro expansion right. and I was pro letting more people try to get it. And I, you know, I gave, I continued to give a part time to people. I would chastise people who are just like, who just come in and, you know, play Tom Petty covers and like, do something more fun. God damn it. So, you know, we would do things like our team would, did I brag about this before? Like our great no. acts, like, like, like we did a, we did a thing that where we played our, the pinnacle of our thing was either Andrew Lloyd Webber's Stray Cats, where we dressed as the Cats musical and played rockabilly. Yeah, I, I know. I got it immediately, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> or we did another one where we I had I took Sabbath songs uh-huh. and and made uh, ABBA like sung the sung ABBA songs over Sabbath riffs. Right. And we called it we called it Black ABBA. But I, if we were to do it in the in the future, I think I would call it Sabbath Abba because calling it Black Abba makes it sound like maybe you're in blackface or something. It's just like black right. people do it. It has nothing to do with black people or like yeah. soul music versions of – anyway, I, I just thought it was misleading potentially get me – Also sounds like a delicious candy too. Yes. So anyway, but, but that was – that was awesome. Like these, and and there was like a Sudbury team that came every year with the coolest guys. And like when you live in Sudbury, Ontario, you've got nothing to do all year, so they just like rehearsed this act, and they came down and they just made the whole club or whatever dressed it up like it was like the Millennium Falcon, and they played. They all dressed as Star Wars, and they, and then they play all Genesis songs, which is just crazy. Whatever, it's just fun and. Uh, I, and I don't. And some people thought that I was, you know, had an unfair advantage off ice work because I'm a professional musician. Where it's like I was not into professionalism. I was just into like <laughs> taking a chance or being yeah. silly. And you know, yeah. I mean, you know, people who get up and is like, we're just going to play Ramon songs. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. We, we've been doing that for 15 years. Like, do something, do something more interesting. Anyway, yeah. I love the Ramones. Nothing against the Ramones. But uh, anyway, so uh, hockey league. Are you wondering what Expand- else we've done? So, yeah. so exp- well, we did a Bay City Rollers and Sweet uh, reunion. We did a dating game nice. show. Uh, we did a Bee Gees uh, first show after Maurice died. And then, so it was just like Barry and Robin. And then the the, the recently deceased body of Maurice was brought out. Oh, but then he, oh. like Weekend of Bernie's, was revived through the power of music. And then Andy Gibb came alive too. Anyway, uh, we've had some good laughs doing that. Anyway. Did, did, did you uh, see the, the Bee Gees documentary that came out uh, yes. last year? That was fantastic. That was fantastic. I, I, I enjoyed it. I do find it funny that they completely omitted the whole Sgt. Pepper's thing, where it's like, oh, you're just, just you're not right. going to talk about that? Okay. <laughs> just, I guess you needed they involvement from everybody. They, they, so. didn't, they didn't even joke about it? No, they no. It was, it, was like, it was like, oh, yeah, and this happened like, for like five seconds. And then like, wait, it's all, okay. I can name a couple other documentaries like that, by the way. I, I, 
maybe wouldn't be very nice of me to do so, but we're just like, oh, here's this whole span. You didn't do anything that time. Huh? Oh, wait, no. You, oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But I otherwise enjoyed it because I'm a big are fan. About, are you talking about music groups? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Should I start guessing? You don't want to get into <laughs> you can't. it. Let's, let's wait for the post game for that. <laughs> I got a show to run, sir. Uh Understood. Understood. Uh, the uh, but I did I did like them because I'm a big fan of the like uh, of all the early you know Blue Eyed Soul BG stuff and I think it's it's kind of criminal how people don't un- even understand it's a thing and be like oh yeah you know I started a joke you know that is the yeah in BGs oh yeah Blue-eyed I song, certainly do you know? and I I mean whatever I I like all the disco stuff fine like as a it's fine, kid yeah. uh, you know you weren't allowed to like the Bee Gees and Sex Pistols or whatever, but right. like, uh, you know, now you're allowed to like whatever. Jay Ferguson from Sloan, it's his birthday, just, uh, just Happy birthday, mention Jay. him again. Like Barry Gibb is his absolute hero. Like there's no, there's no, he's not, it's not a guilty pleasure to him. It's just like, yeah. that's my number one favorite writer. Isaac, I he's mean, just, I came away with even a greater appreciation uh, of the musicality and writing after watching that documentary. And he's unbelievable. I, I, They're great I, singers too, but you know, Barry's writing is just, yeah. it's crazy. Like when you, even the stuff that, that he wrote for other people, like it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. My, my one, my one critique is just like, come on, you're not even going to like make a joke about it or something. Come on. <laughs> like this, you're just going to omit that. All right, fine. But, uh, the, the, the most glaring omission I think is that that big star one where it's like, there's something you're missing out here. And then it was like, oh, his like very religious parents had to sign off on it too. It's like, oh, I get it. Oh, I, I don't even know those details. Like, is he like, is who Alex Chilton? Uh, no, not Alex Chilton. Uh, Chris Bell's. He was like super religious. Uh, his family was. And like, they, oh. didn't, they didn't want to hear about. Oh, he like took his own life or something. Yeah, and like they didn't want any any aspersions to his sexuality and this and that. Oh, okay. And like, and it's right. like, okay, to get all those great family photos when he was a kid, like they had right. to like take a certain tack that they had okay. to play ball. Yeah. Um, well, I think of that when I when I watch um, like a, the Rush documentary. Like they, oh it's yeah, kind of a. That oh, one that came like, out. Uh... Not, not a bad word is said about anything. Like yeah. it's just like then we had fun doing this, and this was a great. Like I think those guys were, like, like, uh, you know Neil Peart who is dead. So I, you know, I don't want to speak ill of anyone. Like he's just seemed like a kind of high functioning autistic man. Yeah. Like I just like, but. Uh, and he, he goes anyway. off on his uh, motorcycle for a while. You know, like. Yeah, but he also like he lost his wife and yeah, it was and a heavy time. In the space of like like his mind exploded. Like, yeah, I think he you know this fucking. I didn't crazy. I didn't anyway, know any of that, and I was I was like, oh wow, this is heartbreaking. I'm a I'm a huge fan. Like I, I yeah. did I brag about how punk we, they were last time? I think they're the punkest Canadian band ever. I, I think I think you said that they were the best Canadian band. Then we decided Sloan was second, and No Means No was third. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, yes. I, I, I when I saw No Means No in for the first time in 1986, my mind like it's, you know, just splattered on yeah. the wall. Like it was just pretty good. Because cause I had no, I don't think I even had heard of them. Like I was just, yeah. I drove to Montreal to see shows. I, I went specifically to see The Descendants, and Dag Nasty opened. I I didn't know what they were, and I blew my mind and I saw no means no and I was like oh my god 
And then the other kind of fun thing that I saw that you wouldn't know these guys specifically, but there was a group called Capitalist Alienation, which sounds like fake punk band. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that seems like those <laughs> SNL bits where Fred Armisen's in the fake punk rock band, right? Exactly, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, what was the wedding at that this fight in the parking lot? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Like Kadena and like uh, Norton or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God, I can't remember the, the the band name, but it was yeah, that was great. I laughed. I, I was the t- I no, was, but, I, but but it, but the the names of the wet at the wedding. It was the Norton Kadena wedding. I, I that sounds right. Yeah, that I think that, anyway. <laughs> um, I'll look it up. This fight in the parking lot was the song. Yeah, but uh, anyway, capitalist alienation. So it's eighty six. So I'm grade twelve, or just after grade twelve, and. It's super punk and French, like French punk, like everybody like studs and Liberty Spikes and just crisis of conformity, by the way. What's that? Crisis of conformity. (laughs) Oh, was it? (laughs) Which is which is pretty awesome, I gotta say. (laughs) I have a text thread with Jay and another guy where we just we just every band like that that we see. Jay Jay calls every hardcore band situation bad like <laughs> basically that's that, that's basically code for our the, gi- the gist of every anyway where uh anyway i can't i don't think i have any on on hand here anyway i i love those crisis of conformity is actually it's actually that's a rare case where you don't remember something and it's better than what you remember it like that's actually it's like oh yeah that's great that's uh, no, oh, and then, sorry. So the last band that, that they texted around was like one was called Generic Shit, one is called Attack Mode. Uh, anyway, I guess it's not that funny. I, I could, I could, yeah, I can name a few, but again, maybe we'll save it for now in the air. All right. Okay. Sorry. I don't want. I don't want oh. to hurt any feelings too. <laughs> well, the the the, the Jello Biafra, the one that what is it the. <laughs> the Guantanamo School of Medicine. Oh anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Funny. That's I actually saw Guant. I saw one of the first Guantanamo School of Medicine shows when Billy Gould was playing bass for them. Oh really? Yeah, it was great. And I, I didn't. Know, it was before they recorded any records or like he played like the first four or five shows, and then Faith No More kind of got back together, and right. so he started doing that because obviously that's a big payday and you know yes. kind of a big deal. Uh, but yeah, it, it was great. I mean, it was like, oh, Jello Biafra's got a new band. Oh, cool, right on. And it was like, oh, it's got Ralph Spite, this guy Ralph Spite, who played in, um, I guess, kind of back a little bit, but Victim's Family, just a real, you know, non Euclidean geometry uh, guitar player. And right. uh, really, but really able to nail the East Bay Ray thing, you know, right. a, a, in a way that, that it isn't just like cover band nailing it, like real, like, oh, yeah, you're like a really unique cool guitar player that was good I, I enjoyed it it's uh yeah got a couple stories about that but anyway that's not about me uh the, so, oh, whatever. I got so going to these shows to see uh in, in montreal you saw no means no so no means no they were well they started up a two-piece i guess and but they were three-piece at the time mm-hmm. and the record they had out was called you kill me and it was oh, yeah, it was unbelievable yeah. It was so crazy. Yeah, I still have a poster in my room of a in my little office I have upstairs, like a giant poster from from that show. The guy hanging and saying, "You kill me." Anyway, that was that changed my life. And then I went home and and I started a band with Jay, and he's trying to play basically REM, 
music and I'm trying to play No Means No. <laughs> Drums over top of it. I'm just ruining every song. I have recordings of it. And that sounds like, great, by the way. <laughs> but it probably it was, was vexing. I just, time. it was, uh, I'm embarrassed now to think of it. Like, I just like, I wish that I had just like paid a little bit more attention to servicing the songs. I was just like jerking off all over it. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the Wright Brothers, unbelievable. No Means No. Do you, how do you, so knowing full well that there are some like Sloan like punk rock covers and things like that, how how do you approach doing any kind of cover song for a band that like has such a wide and vast catalog? So many, you know, it's a good thing your songs tend tend to be shorter because you can fit more of them into a set, right? You know, that's like they, yeah. they, they tend to like not stay too long, except for like maybe like some of the earlier ones. But I always appreciate the fact that it's like, oh no, you you understand like you know where you where you came from uh musically and you know there's homages occasionally that pop up now and then to it that people that don't have that frame of reference may not understand well we we uh in 2012 we did a seven inch of two hardcore originals that's right originals in quotes i don't know how original they were but you know (laughs) use in using you know, the, the template of the sort of 80s American hardcore kind of thing. And uh, my song was actually from 1988, from, from the hardcore band that I was in in 1988 called Spent. But Patrick wrote a new song, we did a, we did a seven inch. The hard part about performing hardcore stuff, like, or pulling it out, it's like, I usually have to play the drums on those recordings. Right. But I would also probably, I'm like Patrick and I, Patrick and I were full in, on into hardcore and I would describe Andrew and Jay as or game to do it. Yeah. Like when we did these two songs, we did 12, we did 12 like digital only add on covers. So we covered like the Angry Simones and Minor Thread and Black Flag yep. and Descendants and Bad Religion and The Nils and uh, Grey Matter. Anyway, so Jay, like the, the most hardcore that Jay could get was Grey Matter, which is basically you know, just kind of a rock band, definitely like DC kind yeah. of 85, 86, 87. Uh, I love them. I love Great Matter, and um, and uh, that was kind of my whole thing. Is like the discord from between '85 and '88, Red Spring, Great Matter, um, basically emo music, I guess. But like all that kind of, you know, everything leading up until Fugazi. Before that, that got redefined to mean beef, something else entirely. Beef eater, beef eater, oh, uh, beef eater. Yeah, King that. Face. Would you have ever heard King Face? No. I don't think they were actually on Discord. They were kind of uh, Soul Side. Do you remember? The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just had um, Johnny Johnny Temple on the show from Girls Against Boys. Which guy is he? So he's, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's the bass player, but like Soul Side. He's the bass player. Yeah, he came up. He was a, he was the bass player in Soul Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we so talked. He about ended Soul up Side. in Girls Girls Against Boys. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Soul Side. I think the 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 singer. Is maybe I think the singer is the brother of a guy who's in King Face. They okay. were kind of like they, they were like Van Halen, like they were like full on kind of really. Band, but they were, we loved them. Like my band called Spent, like our reference points was all that Dagnasty, Rights of Spring, yeah, uh, Beef Eater, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and King Face, that record, it was just like a black record that had like a little tiny sticker in the corner of like a heart with wings on it or something. Uh, I, we loved it. 
I, I don't. I haven't looked it up. That's it's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I honestly got to say, I'm not. I'm not that familiar. But uh, that sounds great. It sounds like a product for me. So I'll check it out. Anyway, we, I, I forget what. I'm not going to check out now. that new anyway, record. So we Sloan, about, Sloan, Sloan yeah. I'm. I'm the hardcore fan. <laughs> yeah. And Patrick, and uh, so, but if I'm going to play drums, like I kind of want to be the. I want to be singing. So like, and so and, Andrew. Andrew did. Jay did this Grey Matter song, which is yeah. you know not really hardcore. Uh, and Andrew did a couple of Angry Simone songs, which are just kind of you know, silly, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's... I, I loved, I loved that. I loved Back from Small and, and Rents Out of on My Brain. I, I love those records um, too. They're obviously kind of like uh, contrarian, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, hardcore baiting uh, music critics or whatever they were. Yeah, I mean they're they're very it's bratty. It's bratty music, you know, bratty, but in a good way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh yeah, it's it's not it's not meant to be taken especially seriously, but that doesn't mean it's a joke necessarily, you know. And there's some offensive stuff that they get into and they're they have a song called The Battle of Jerry Curlin. Like is that do you know that one? No, which one? Angry Smoke. Angry Simones. It's you know, it's just like it starts out. Jerry Curlin is nice, has lots of friends in Washington, and then it goes like eat shits, sucks assholes. Like it's just like just the most foul mouth stuff, and you know. But it's I can't even say all the stuff that it said, and, and it's super offensive. But I wrote that all out in my handwriting, and it's just like oh, this is so funny. And then my parents found that. Oh no! Oh no! And they they didn't know that. They just thought it was like my poetry or my thoughts or whatever and they're just like what the fuck is wrong <laughs> do we have to take him to therapy yeah <laughs> yes they just couldn't believe it because it was so offensive I, again i can't even but anyway i uh continue to i still love the uh, angry simones those two records a lot yeah i think they continued for a while i, di- I didn't follow them but uh i loved them a lot we we, we, we dive pretty deep in the sloan discovery last time i don't remember if we talked about the hit and run ap though uh, and I think I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I think I might have blasted past that. I got. We did of... an EP in two thousand and nine, I guess, mm-hmm. called Hit and Run, and it was called Hit and Run because I got hit by a car uh, while I was on my bike, and you know, knocked unconscious. It was late at night. Jay was DJing, and my fa- I had a kid then. Well, I have a kid still. I have two kids. I had I had had a kid. And, uh, and for some reason they were away. So I was out late because it wasn't normal for me to be out so late. Anyway, I went out, I think we were recording hardcore stuff at that time. Wait, what year is that? 2009. Yeah, that would, I think that I was been... recording. I think we recorded some hardcore stuff and it didn't come out for a couple of years. Anyway, um, I went after I did that, uh, I went down to see JDJ, hung out with him for a while, then got on my bike and was immediately hit by a car, Oof. which took, which, and the car took off. Oof. So, but somebody got the license plate and the person was identified and all that kind of stuff. I was not involved with their punishment. Like I hope they got in shit, I guess. Cause I think yeah. they, that's whatever you leave the scene of the crime late at night. I think the chances are everybody's got alcohol in their system. Everybody yeah. except me. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I got hit and then, uh, and we put out a little, that became the, the name of our hit and run. Uh, that came out between Parallel Play and our uh, Double Cross records. So it was fun to have. Uh, it, it Actually, it was just a digital-only thing. It was just kind of an yeah. experiment because, you know, people were putting out digital records that are just like you get a download card and that's it. And then eventually, 
couple of years ago, we put it out, we put the vinyl of that. Yeah, out. I was gonna say there was a record of it eventually, right? Yeah, but it was. Yeah. So we've done we've done our discography like the Beatles in that any non-album tracks we don't reissue with like the ex. We don't reissue. We do elaborate reissues with uh, uh, demos and uh, you know outtakes. Yeah. But then but then we have a sort of the equivalent of the past, the Beatles past masters where all of their non-album tracks are are. Uh, chronological collection of their non-album tracks so mostly singles but occasionally like like eps and stuff like that our eps we have a peppermint ep that came out in 1992 and the hit and run ep that came out in 2009 or whatever it was so those are not included in our our what i'm calling our past masters but our past masters is called uh, b-sides and extra tracks volumes one and two are out on on, on vinyl um, we hope to eventually have four uh, volumes. Uh, we have three complete volumes, and then we're into volume four. So I'd like to I'd like to continue to add to our uh, non-album track thing so that we can have a so we can have a fourth uh, right. besides volume. Anyway, that's kind of boring stuff. But uh, you no, know, no, I'm still no, no. into adding to uh, our body of work. We have, as yeah. I say, a new new record. We have more than enough songs for record. So like some will go for something else, and they'll be on this besides thing and i'm happily i don't know if we'll ever get to like a fourth uh volume of uh non-album tracks but uh we're on track to get four and uh i don't know it makes me happy to have uh to continue and you know there aren't that many groups that are making 13th records and uh and having them be good you know it's literally you're talking about I mean, there are lots of people who did it, you know, I guess in the seventies and lots of not, lots of jazz artists or yeah. whatever, like, and, uh, you know, I like did Sonic Youth. Do they have, do they have 25 records? Like, I don't, I don't know. They might, but there's definitely a few stinkers. If you... Yeah. <laughs> there's some more coming up next week. <laughs> I, I know. I think, I, I think I, I, I think I, like there's a couple that I, are like, I'm harsh. Well, I, I I'm said, sorry. I said I too many them. negative things about Sonic Youth last time, but I don't have anything against them. Like, I, I think that they're important. Oh, and, and like I, some I great records too. Fantastic records. Like great songs. Yeah. I saw them. So I did a couple of pilgrimages to, Washington DC. I did one in '87 and '88. I don't know if I brag about that. I brag about it every time. I it's my biggest cred story. Basically, <laughs> it's like I went and met Ian McKay. Anyway, but I saw Sonic Youth at that time, and they did nothing for me. Like I did not understand. I was like, I was like a dogmatic hardcore punk. Was that when, like, like uh, were, what evil era? Probably like evil. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And I, you know, I saw them in DC, and it was cool. Like it was like like it was out there, but you know. Uh, you know, I I wasn't hum, I wasn't humming those songs for for days. Or <laughs> That's kind of uh, how I feel. Like I, I saw the X play with Fugazi, and I was so excited to see Fugazi that I really just it, it didn't really matter. Like you know who was playing. Like I just I wasn't I wasn't ready to hear new music that was not Fugazi at that moment right. in time. And then later on, I was like, wait, I saw them. And I was like, oh, this band's amazing. Like, how did I not, like, pick up in this band? I was like, oh, you were just that interested in seeing your favorite band at the time is what it was. That right. was the problem. Well, I saw, like, seeing Fugazi changed my life, too, because, like, I went from, like, I was, like, just, it was all that sort of, you know, as I said, Dagnasi and all that kind of, like, basically, hard, like, sort of hard, softer. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, the first wave of hardcore. It was, like, a little bit more emo and stuff like that, yeah. but, like, Fugazi were just uh, 
So I saw them. I saw them in summer of '88. Like, and they weren't that far along. They were new. That's still pretty. Was, was Guy even playing I don't think with them I, then? I don't think I had the record yet. Maybe I came home with the record, but I saw them in DC. That just blew my mind. It yeah, changed my that's... world. Changed my life. And uh, you know, and I came home and and then I, you know I was playing drums and I played in a sort of hardcore band. But then I started. I was playing in a band with with Jay like a three-piece band where I was a drummer, kind of like tons, but like, and it was called Carney Lake Road, it had a terrible name, but um, but yeah, like where I had been sort of like trying to do No Means No, then I was doing Brendan Canty. And, right. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, whatever, I, I, I was, uh, I still hold the first couple of Fugazi records, like, Oh yeah, tops. I mean, I, and I guess they were great. They were great, I, I guess, all the way through. But like, I just, I didn't really follow all the way through. I should probably go back. Never made a bad record, and that's sort of the. Uh, so it, we actually accidentally came back to a thing that I want to talk about: the fact that with with Sloan, you know, being the same lineup, I think there's there's a. I don't know if it's a game so much as an exercise where it's like name a great band that has had more than four records, same lineup, and there isn't one that's terrible. Or bad, right. right? And it's it's a small group. It's a smaller group than you think it is. And no, I I know exactly who it is. But like I would I would put it, the record I would put it at more like eight or ten records. Like there are still like a bunch of people who have like you know I don't know how many there are, but uh, you know the Pixies have five. You know, but uh, I, don't I think know, it was how four. Many records the Clash have like six. Yeah, but you be counting cut the crap. I mean. I don't count that. That's, that, that's been de- <laughs> decanonized. <laughs> that's that's like the new the new Halloween, uh, the one that came out in twenty eighteen, and the, and the new one. Like they, they, they don't they don't like when they just ignore. Yeah, there's like those sequels didn't happen. That's none of that happened. Just the first movie. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Which is kind John of Car- I John Carpenter's that. cut the cap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 nice, nice, nice. But I, I would put Fugazi in that category because I mean that's I, I. How many records do they have? Do they have ten or nine? No, I think that uh, six, seven. Okay, not well. No, it depends. No, how yeah. are you counting the first one? Because what's counted is the first, you know, it's CD is Margin Walker and um, this and just is, that red thing, whatever. Yeah, so that's they're together on one. Right. I think. So if you consider that to be one record, then okay. So there's. This, there's there's that one. There's Repeater, Say Dad Nothing, and on the Kill Taker, Red Medicine, End Hits, Argument, Seven. Yeah. Okay. And that's it's a, a pretty that's a pretty perfect perfect run. And on some days, I think the Argument is my favorite record of theirs, which is their last record. You know, well, maybe it's not the last record, but it's the last record that they put out. You know, and that's great. Well, I I guess I guess I felt I felt that. I don't know what I felt like. I don't know. I guess I felt like, I guess I felt too goofy to keep listening or something or, or, or I felt, or I imposed like a, there was like a humorlessness to Fugazi to me. Like I was yeah. just like, it's just not, it's just not fun. Like I, I like, I, you know, I loved first two EPs and then I loved repeater. And then I don't think I really go past that. Like, I think I just, I had had enough or whatever, or I don't know what I was into at the time. I was into like My Bloody Valentine and stuff like that yeah. after that. But uh, anyway. You know, you know I, those jokers, My I Bloody would Valentine. Ba- I would bow down to Fugazi as like, you yeah. know, one of the great, if not the greatest American band, like unbeatable. Well, and I think that they, 
you know, the model that they operate off of as well, you know, we, and we talked about that a little bit last time too, you know, REM kind of did the same thing, like building yes. stakes with each other, but, you know, but REM, but REM obviously, you know, they, they would have had to do a lot more crappy stuff that they didn't want to in order to get as far as they did that, yeah. that Fugazi never had to do. Right. And I think, and I, maybe we talked last time, but like, I always imagine that, that ethics and stuff like that became very boring for Fugazi to talk about. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're just like, <laughs> ask me about the funky bass line. Like, yeah. Ask, you know, ask me about like, Ted Nugent, anything. Don't just please. Talk about being <laughs> vegan. Like, I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. I think that's in that documentary, which I own, but it's only in VHS and I don't have a VCR. Uh, yeah. I, I think that they're probably really funny guys, too. Like, I, I, I guess I think of them as being, you know, singing songs about, you know, whatever. I shouldn't say anything to, for the risk of, you know, just talking about like the, plight of women or women yeah. being you know sexually assaulted or something it's like powerful great do it but it's just like it's like i'm not going to sing about that like i don't want to i wouldn't want to say the wrong thing and like i don't yeah. need to speak for how far be it from me to say anything anyway but um it, it just became a little bit i don't know I, anyway I, I just i feel a little bit guilty about it because i i you know met you mckay my fucking mm-hmm. hero and uh, anyway, I'm just embarrassed maybe that I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't know more about the records later. Well, it'll I'm all... happy to hear that, that they're as good as, as, yeah. as the, the first ones that I love very much. They're still there for you, Chris. You can still listen. It's not too well, late. Well, I mean, I, I, and I, I know, well, it, well, this speaks to the idea of, of having a giant catalog, you know, ours is bigger than Fugazi's, you know, like if you're hearing now, finally, somebody saying, oh, Sloan, I should check them out. 13 records. I'm like, Jesus, I'm not going to do that. Like, it just seems it's too much of a giant brand muffin to eat. You know, it's just like, I'm not doing that. Daunting, a daunting task. Daunting. And then, you know, as the world becomes less and less able to concentrate for, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're from an old, from another time, like trying to add to this body of work. It's like, I do it because I love it and because it's what I want to do. And, you know, I, I'm in a band, but I'm also like a fan of bands. I'm just like, what would I want my favorite band to do? Basically. Yeah, it's not that you're in, even in competition with anything else. You almost become in competition with yourself. You know, with, sure. You know, like what, what else can we do? What about, what about well, now this? Now we song? have more more records than the Beatles, so we're better than them. Yeah. So, <laughs> who else? Who else is there? Right. Remember right. The Stones have Jesus. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> too many. Yeah. <laughs> not to be a dick, but too many. Keith Richards come out cool. next week. Uh, the, <laughs> oh, did you see that, uh, uh, Rick Rubin fucking around with Paul McCartney thing? In, I did Hulu? see that. Did you see it? I did. Yeah. So are you a Beatles expert? It might be. I mean, I know a lot about the Beatles. I wouldn't, whenever. I, I did get a huge charge out of that because I felt like, is Rick Rubin being coy? Like, does he really yeah, does not he really know? Not know? Like, <laughs> it's like, did your father like music? I'm like, are you fucking yeah, kidding like me? This fucking guy and over it, here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. But I, I thought it was funny for all of the stuff, like clearly McCartney, like, you know, they're talking about something, you know, George's yeah. masterpiece, yeah, which, which I would say that Paul was a big part of, but like, and, and Rick Rubin's talking about the baseline, wasn't the baseline on this one? Yeah. And, and Paul's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. It's like, are you telling me that? Anyway, it just seems like Paul's like, talk about my bass playing on something. And then he's like, oh, yeah. just and then, he, then they bring out, what song was it? <laughs> Like another girl from Help. It's just like, who played the guitar solo on that? It's like, oh, I guess I did. It's like everybody knows you did. Anyway, yeah, just, yeah, oh yeah, anyway, yeah. 
Oh, that's like the. Oh, what you want me to play? Oh, I get. Okay. Oh, I guess I. I guess I played that. I guess I played. I was playing guitar back as 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 early as help. Yeah, I guess I did. It's like it just seems so like, hilarious. Yeah, we get it. We get it. <laughs> yeah, overall but, I enjoyed but, it, but it was it was there were moments of complete absurdity. Like, but they clearly, but they clearly had multi tracks. But like, they clearly didn't say things like like they they were playing come together because it has a yeah. cool bass line. But they didn't talk about the fact that that he's saying off the top, he's saying shoot me. Like they didn't say let's isolate that. Let's hear John yeah. Lennon saying shoot me. Like they they could have like or maybe they did, but like I'm sure they cut that pretty quick. It's like I'm not fucking talking about that. Well, I, and I think. St- yeah. And I think stuff like that's super interesting, especially for folks that have never been in a band and like heard like, hey, just isolate that. Let's hear, it. you know, like and when you hear it and it's like that. Oh, my God, it's that song. You know, that's kind of cool in and of itself. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. No, I I watched it. I I, I yeah. love anything. Beatle. Like I'll watch any of that stuff. I just was, I just thought a couple of the musical cuts were funny. It, like the talking. Exactly. About. It was like, come on. Really? OK. But I do think. <laughs> but I also think because I also I'm I'm a. I'm a McCartney apologist, whereas I think that a lot of people shit on McCartney, A, because he's still alive and has, you know, has aged and and his partner died a martyr at age 40 or whatever. But, um, you know, I think Paul McCartney is fantastic. I think that he added to John's songs in a way that John wasn't that interested in adding to Paul's songs. Like, Paul is the magic and Paul is Beatles production and all that kind of stuff that the records of everybody else kind of lacked after the Beatles, but Paul was able to apply it to his own. He's just a musical genius. Yeah. Um, they worked up each uh, other. Have, you know, have to admit it's getting better, getting better all the time. Can't get much worse. That's great. Th- that's a great, that's a great Lennon ad for yeah. sure. I know Lennon, Lennon is great too. And I think also to talk about them separately is pointless too. It's like, what do you like better? Uh, what part of the Oreo do you like better? It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> totally. yeah, you, you, they're, they're, their combination is, is the thing that was special. But I do think that something, even though I don't mean to take it away from George, but I think that John was less present at that point, And Paul finally basically applied all of the magic to a song of George's that he would normally apply to John's. And it's yeah. like, guess what? That's a masterpiece too. And it's great. Anyway, I just, yeah, at that end, um, here comes the sun. It's got all that McCartney stuff all over it. Anyway, George is fine. But, uh, you know, I think of George as such a sourpuss. But uh, it was a, uh, it was clear you're not thinking of the "Got My Mind Set on You" video. That's a <laughs> classic. Now, now, can I just say of? I just wanted to. Did I mention Roy Orbison being 52 years old? So, so in I think of when I when I think of the Anyway Gang, this other group that I play with, we joke that we're like the the modern day Wilburys Tra- traveling Wilburys. and I it, it just I've, I've, I've come to realize that Roy Orbison if you picture Roy Orbison like it looked like he got pretty old but I'm 52 like he died at 52 like if you see a picture of Roy Orbison he was not older than I am right now wow and I always thought he looked a hundred yeah but, <laughs> like at, you know, at 30 he looked like he was in his 60s you know yeah Easy. so like when the, when the Wilburys were it's like Roy Orbison was 52 Bob Dylan was 47 you know like uh i think tom petty was 37 and and uh uh what's his name uh, Her- harrison? Uh, harrison harrison was like 45 or something like that anyway like i'm the roy orbison guy i'm this is how, this is roy orbison when he died anyway that's how old i am and i, I just have to accept that 
That's, that's quite that's quite the metric, Chris. <laughs> but I had you know, but I have I had a tons record come out this year. Anyway, gang record yeah. recorded and Sloan record coming out. I'm still still making more music now than I ever did. So I'm happy as a clam, and I feel extremely fortunate to be in the position I am. Um, you know, I I know a lot of uh, my musician friends who are who were excellent who just couldn't make a go of it and are in their shitty job now, and that, I I feel very fortunate to be where I am. Don't get me wrong. Do you have a? Do you guys know what they're going to call the next one? The new Sloan record that is in flight, or is that not yet to be divulged? I, I have some good ideas. I don't know if I should tell you or not. Do you want me to tell you my good ideas? Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll always break news. And the, the problem is, if you get them out in the air, someone could steal them. So. I know that's what I don't want to do. And I also feel like if I say anything, it'll mean that they won't. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still politicking to get these things. I want, you know, I want my way, but uh, you know, I'm not the boss. So I have to say, what if we did this? If it's like, did you say that? You said we we're calling it that. I'm not calling you vote against me. Anyway, <laughs> everything's political. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got a, another solo show coming up and uh, that's uh, on the internet. Yes. So I, I did where we all live. I did five solo shows <laughs> live, mind you, yeah. and then Jay did a show, a pre-recorded show, and I kind of laughed in his face. I was just like, "Dude, you know, yeah. it just makes it look like you can't cut it or whatever. anyway." But what well, he made it really nice, you know, his he had little title cards with a nice font and like he just made it into like a like a yeah. TV show basically. Right. So he he did a really nice job. So I was like, oh, maybe I should do that too. So I what I did I just went and sort of uh, I so mine's a pre-record too. It's going to be broadcast on October 24th. Uh, but um, I just went to the park and just sang songs in different locations in the park and just whatever that's the whole show kind of thing. But uh, I think it looks nice and uh, you know, I had to do a couple of uh, takes of each song sometimes. So sometimes I didn't take one, but, you know, I was, I put Jay's, I put Jay's together. Like he sent me the video and I had to marry, he pre, he had the audio and I had to match that up to the video. And like there were somewhere he was just like, okay, yeah, take 11. I'm like, take 11? How long did this take you? <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't do take 11, but I probably did a couple of take Take fives, yeah. But uh, anyway, well, I, I like I said, I quite enjoyed all the ones, uh, the other ones. I, you know, I like the the inter- the bringing people on stage. Uh, aspect yeah, of it. that was. Fun. I mean, I was, was kind of getting tired of that after a while, but like I understand that it's fun for people to sort of interact and yeah. and I I I always like to interact. Like I'm fine. Like I'm fast on my feet, or like I don't yeah. feel nervous to talk to anybody, or I don't feel like someone's going to say like whatever holocaust wasn't right. real no <laughs> yeah exactly like everyone means well and everyone's uh, lovely but i so i so i will participate like jay did so i'm copying jay it's his birthday by the way did i mention that yeah i know i did i know i did um so i'll participate in the live chat but but it's also experiment because i want to be able to leave it live for a couple of days to see if i can get a couple more people to see it that way because may, maybe not everybody is free sunday at five yeah, yeah. well and it's also when, and I'm, I'm such a harsh critic of those things, but it's always like you want to hope that when you bring people on, it's such a wild card. You're like, I hope you have something to say 
and you can say it succinctly and oh no they you know, they never do they, it's they always always do. the worst <laughs> and then you that, remember me that makes i brought my kid to a show it was 11 p.m it's like yeah and you were just like my kid wants to be on the bus so get out of here it's like take your kid home and put him to bed i'm calling child services <laughs> Yeah, and that that's that that can be a little hard for me where you know, like I I'm not trying to say like I'm I'm any great shakes or anything along those lines, but like I'm I'm pretty quick on my feet. I do a show where I talk, you know, hey, like I know how to get in, get of out, you are. do something yes. funny, you know, and then then we're done. We're not going to hang out. All right. Okay, maybe I'm going to play a song now. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. the, sh- the, the shows the shows I have done, I did through uh like a service or whatever it's called a platform called side door yeah that, that have been great to me you know I'm, they, they sort of changed my life like they they gave me this opportunity they you know they helped me do these shows and they didn't you know they take a little bit of the money but i got most of the money and they encouraged me to do it and now i have this other muscle that i can you know i could as i say like i never really wanted to see people play acoustic confessional i'm just like boo but like whatever, if I in, if I inject stories and stuff like that, yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, it's I think fun. it's somewhat fun, and you know, and I'm and, and the people that are interested in Sloan are, uh, you know, they're older. Like maybe they don't want to hear me screaming my head off with a loud band, or maybe they're fine with that. But maybe they wouldn't mind seeing me in a different context. Uh, my other joke about uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, I'm talking to older people is um, it's an idea to cover rock and roll high school. Uh-huh. but we call it rock and roll staff room. So like, it's just, it's us playing like the Ramones in the school, but like rock, no one's rock, giving rock, a shit rock, that rock we're and roll staff room. Rock and roll staff room. And then, you know, and so we're playing around the school and everybody's like, what the fuck is this? And then we finally kick open the staff room and then there's a party in the staff room. Nice, nice, nice. That, that, that by the way, that also ties into uh, Halloween because PJ Souls, a.k.a. Riff Randall, is also in the original. That's Halloween. right. She's in, That's exactly right. And she does the voice of, because they're not on camera, of one of the teachers in the Halloween 2018 film. Oh, does she really? Yeah. And I was like, that's Riff yeah. Randall. Like, I just immediately, without even, like, seeing her, I was like, I know who that is. Do you know one more one more PJ Souls movie for $10? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um I'm drawing a blank. I can only I can only think of those three. I, <laughs> I think she was in Stripes. I think I saw Stripes last week. Of course. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god! I'm a co-host on a sorry movie to, show too. Sorry to make now. you so angry. No, no. That's just that's so dumb because I was like, hey, this movie kind of holds up, and then there was like, a few moments where I'm like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, but. I know. I like. I'm dying to sort of like show my 14 year old Stripes, and I'm just like, how many. Like full frontal nudity, unnecessary scenes are in there. Yeah, it's pretty. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it's 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 everything you remember it and more. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, Chris Murphy, this is this has uh, been fantastic, man. It's it's, uh, it's great to have you back. Um, Thank you so much for for uh, for having me on the first time and this time. And and if I did any repeat stories, uh, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll start uh, thinking if we should do it once a year. And I'll try and think of uh, different jokes for for next year. There you go. And uh, and uh, I didn't do any of my Bell's palsy jokes, but maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be doing those because some people's <laughs> lives have probably been destroyed by Bell's palsy. So I had, but I do have a couple of jokes. I yeah. was writing a whole stand-up routine about them. But Bell's palsy, out all your Bell's palsy material. It's, it's the cruelest <laughs> thing you can you can call the thing. This is Bell's palsy. It's like it's the hardest thing to say. Bell's palsy. Anyway. It's not, it's, I, <laughs> God 
damn it. That's 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 rough, but that's that's the humor of our age now, right? Like we we are we are in the age where that's yeah. Screw it. Bell's palsy humor. Sure. It, it is kind of it's hard for me to I had a speech impediment as a child, believe it or not. So, yeah, it's hard for me to say generally. To say what the word generally but what? Are you Bell's saying? palsy is just a kind of a difficult oh. term to say. You're right. Like it's Yes. It's sometimes I was in I was in speech. I had to go to speech therapy in school too. I said like esh, sh, krish. My, my thing, surprising exactly nobody. I always uh, spoke too quickly. Like I was, I was, I was thinking so fast and trying to get it out, and then people would be like, "Slow down! What are you? What are you?" So I had to take a very. Is that a speech problem, or is it just because you're like basically your brain is acting faster than your mouth or whatever? It, it's a speech problem if you talk too fast that people don't understand you. So sometimes, especially. I'll take it down real. I'll take it down real slow, and <laughs> <laughs> because it, yeah, I'm thinking about it, and then I still think about it. And obviously, it's not like how it used to be, but yeah. Anyway, speech impediments. Am I right? Am uh, I right, kids? <laughs> uh, thank you for having me, and uh, we'll wrap it up here. Yep. you're awesome. You're awesome. Talk to you again, uh, Sloan show's coming up. Uh, solo show coming up. Go get it, Chris. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks, man. <laughs>
Off of Navy Blues. She says what she means. She means what she says. Uh, that is by the band Sloan. Mr. Chris Murphy, returning, returning guest. We were both very worried about repeating ourselves, and hopefully, uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Love that dude. Tons. Trans Canada Highwaymen. And of course, the Mighty Sloan. New Sloan coming up. That's very exciting. Uh, Chris Murphy solo show on the internet where we all live. <laughs> uh, those are good. Like I said, I wasn't wasn't blowing smoke when I said that. That I loved every single one that I saw. And um, yeah, good dude. Like that guy a lot. Hope it's not the last time. The name of this show is Conan New Transportonic Reversal. Thank you very much for listening to it. The show airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on Radio Nope. RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Patreon.com slash Protonic Reversal if you want to get episodes of the show sooner. One dollar a month will get you there. Thanks to everyone sharing the show around, liking, subscribing. Send it to a friend. That's how people find out about this thing. So it's always appreciated. Lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be back at it more regularly. I know it's been a couple weird couple weeks. But thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. Into good stuff coming up, as always. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And take it easy. Out on Route 128, take it easy. dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. If there's no one there to receive Hey, hey! 